<laughs> Sorry, you were in the middle okay. of a thought, and I don't That's okay. No, I was just saying I take detailed notes, and um, but like when I'm listening to a podcast, I'm usually also multitasking, so sometimes things like right. they like they don't retain the information. I did go back and listen to the Kelly Robson discussion because I she couldn't... totally checkmated me in one move. Yes. It was awful. Yeah, it was. Although so I don't know that I agree with her. I mean, that's a, maybe a whole other question. Well, there's a whole, a whole other, other conversation, but. We can do a series of debates with Aaron versus different people. Whoa, I like this. Go on. I, well, I don't know what I have. Like, because her, her argument was basically what would Tony Stark think about Gamergate? Yep. But, like, I don't necessarily agree that, like, he would be pro Gamergate. In hindsight, neither do I. Yeah. Um, she just caught me off guard. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> like, the more I thought of it afterwards, I was like, "No, Tony's not that much of a douche." Like, yeah. He, but I just, I just, I was totally unprepared for it. And I tried, I started spinning like early Tony, like the couple, first mm-hmm. couple Iron Man films in my head. And I'm like, "Oh yeah, no, that's gonna go badly." And then I just yeah. like flatlined. Yeah. So what are we doing for an intro? Yeah, <laughs> we, yeah, we just. I mean, yeah, yeah. So I, I mean, I, I, I have created an intro okay. oh. because I feel like I I've got to do something to contribute to this thing since I'm not doing the debate. <laughs> I haven't seen the movie. Yeah, you're, you're kind of. I, I, you're, you're, you're functionally useless for this one, really, except that you're evaluating. Except that I'm rendering judgment. Yes. So, I mean, we'll know that... Okay, it's uh, functionally useless. That's not any worse than other things we've, that we've said to each other. No, but now I'm... Oh, but now you're the adjudicator. Now yes, I'm adjudicating. I'm yeah. so fucked. So, um, I think you'll know appropriate times to jump in. But okay, <laughs> if you don't, it'll just go into the evaluation. And that's fine. <laughs> Where are all of her challenges and, and, and missteps? What are you like? Are you, are you the Riddler to my Batman, and she's just an audience <laughs> member? What the fuck is this? I'm not good enough at puzzles to be the Riddler. It feels like this I, is a puzzle. I do feel like we need to pick up at some point the discussion we started with Marie about which of the Concom people are which Batman villains. Oh, we should totally do that. Okay. Yeah. I don't know if not, I don't know if tonight, but at some point. At some point, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll, we'll yeah. see how we feel. Yeah. Okay. See how it goes. All right. Are we doing this? Yeah. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Greetings, survivors. I'm Evan May, author of King and Darkness and Bonhomme Setter. And I'm Brandon Crilly, Ottawa-based author of science fiction and fantasy. And I. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, You're gonna have to praise people. <laughs> Go on. <laughs> And I'm Erin Rockford. Um, I'm a psych- auto-based psychotherapist, writer, and number one Batman Forever stan. As we've been preparing for our second season of broadcast from the Wasteland down here in the bunker, we all know there's one question more important than all the others. The question is crime. And the answer is Batman. Beneath that question, though, we found yet another question, one that haunts us like a dark Avenger lurking on the rooftop in the moonlight. Which is the best live-action Batman film ever made? Tonight... Or, or t- today, uh, we will wrestle with this essential existential issue. Except there is only one answer. I don't know what the hell you're talking about, but you know, for the sake of of the there podcast, is, I will. There is only one answer. The answer is Batman Forever. And no, there's not. I don't know what the hell it's, you're talking. It's right about. there in the title, Batman Forever. No, no, and no. <laughs> so in this special season two kickoff episode, this battle will be waged every bit as hard as the struggle to cleanse Gotham's streets of the scourge of crime, Aaron. And our own Brandon Crilly will muster the very best of their arguments, wisdom, and martial arts capabilities to determine who has the best claim to the role of Gotham City's protector, and whether Batman Forever stands alone in the world of Bat Cinematics. 
I'm just like, yes, just, just keep going. <laughs> I, perhaps unbelievably, have not seen the movie in question, so my role tonight will be to grimly observe the chaos before me, perhaps from a window ledge, until the time is right and judgment can be rendered. Also, I'm making popcorn. Okay, have <laughs> <laughs> I love how he actually gets up. I'm making popcorn. He's making popcorn. Yeah, he's so he's not even popcorn. watching the god. The, the I'm god listening. <laughs> Are you though? Yes. Are you really? I feel like he's not listening. Me neither. He got a pot out of his bag. Well, this is some serious popcorn making. There's like no chance that Brandon has a pot. <laughs> I mean, that's actually not a bad. <laughs> out of all, out of all the essential things that one should have in their bunker, a pot is apparently one I don't have. Um, well, I, mean, I think we have to start with the most important thing, which is which Batman right. had the best hair, and obviously it's Michael Keaton. Oh, yes, obviously. Okay, good. I, I was worried you were going to say Val Kilmer there. No, no, it is obviously Michael Keaton. No, obviously. Which I realize yeah. does not completely go into my argument, no, but... It, it really does not. <laughs> I think Keaton's also more attractive than Kilmer. Uh, yeah, I guess I'll give you that. And, and, and then again, I think Christian Bale is more attractive than Kilmer, too, mm. if I'm being honest. Oh come on! Ooh. I'm not saying he's a good actor. I'm not mm. saying that. I mean, so I'm. I'm. I mean, neither of us are good judges of male attractiveness. <laughs> that is a very fair point. But I mean, for my money, it's the Michael Keaton. He's got those adorable little curls. No, I know. That's why. Yeah, yeah that's why Keaton is better than Kilmer. Like, I'd say Keaton is better than Christian Bale. That's a fair. That's a fair point. Yeah, I will agree with you on that okay, point. Good. Yeah. Um, should we start by, like, giving our rankings? That's that what I thought you were going to say, and then you started talking about Batman's hair, and I got really confused, <laughs> and a little concerned. Maybe just a little. Okay, well, I know what, I mean, I know what your first one is, I the do. mistake that you made there, but what, what's the rest <laughs> should of your we, ranking? Should we, well, I was going to say, should we work upwards or downwards, because um, I'm not sure that either one is a less controversial take. I mean, I, I hope that we agree on the one at the bottom. I'm not sure that we do. Oh, dear God. No, dear. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> I mean, do I, like... I don't know why I pulled up my, my phone for this, because I... <laughs> <laughs> do you need to double check? No, I have it. It's been there. It's been there for at least a week now that I, I ranked okay. them definitively and okay, I had you, to make a choice on sure. that. Okay. Yeah, so, um, yeah, at, um, so there's seven films. Um, should we talk about how we decided, like, we, we've eliminated... Um, you know, Batman v Superman and oh, yeah, uh, yeah. Justice League. Like yeah, those don't count. Explain the context a little yeah. bit. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. So yeah. So we we left out the the Justice League films, like um, the more recent ones, because it's not none of them are specifically Batman yeah. films. Um, and then we left out the out of the what, 1966 Adam West. Yeah, we left that one out too. Um, it, Which I'm, I I I feel like we need to discuss. Well, why? Because it, it like Adam West was. It, that film is based so much on the TV show, and it's such a different demon that I don't, like, I, you, you could discuss just that, and I feel like to try to fit it in with these other, yeah. like, I was going to use the word, like, more serious, but not all of these are necessarily more serious, <laughs> but, like, I, I think it would be unfair to try to lump it in with the rest. It's, it's very far removed from my understanding, which is that I haven't actually seen the film, mm. um, but my understanding is it's pretty far removed from, like, our modern concept of, like, a superhero film, like, yeah. I, and I feel like that, you know, started with, like, the 1970s Superman and the original Batman yeah. movie, like, that's sort of where the superhero film as a genre kind of took off. Yeah, exactly. Like, I, I don't think... Like, the Adam West one, yeah, is not... It's not really a superhero movie. It's just, like, ra- like it's random... It's almost slapstick what they're doing in that <laughs> film. Like, w- w- worse than Batman Forever. 
All right, so yeah, so, we, so yeah, yeah, so no Justice League, League, no yeah. Batman versus Superman, no yeah. Batman nineteen sixty six, no, yeah. no Justice League, no Suicide Squad, yeah, yeah, Batman um, shows up in that, yeah, um, and, you, and then no Gotham, no like, Gotham, yeah, no TV, yeah. Um, and you excluded the animated movies, we, we excluded did, yeah. the animated movies because yeah. I mean it's it's almost unfair to lump any of the films in with the animated films, yeah, and, and I mean if, if we. Like, there was so much animated, mm, right? Yeah. Like, it was, you know, all of a sudden you have, you know, Justice League Dark with Batman, and then yeah. you have Batman versus Dracula, and yeah. you have, like, <laughs> fight, like, it just goes on and on and on. Yeah. It, would, it would take a year to get through all that shit, and yeah. we're on a schedule. Yeah, so. how do you, how do you, yeah, how do you narrow that down? Because, yeah. like, yeah, you don't. There, no, no, there's you, too yeah, many you of them. Not do- yeah. But that is, that is sort of <laughs> beside the point. Um, so, yeah, so ranking, we're ranking these seven live-action yeah. Batman yes. films. Yes. Um, yeah. So you, basically, so the two Keatons, Kilmer, Batman, and Robin. Yeah. And I, can, the, I can't even say the name of the film with a straight face. And the, and three, the three Nolan, Nolan films. films. Yeah. yeah. Um, so should I, should I go first with my rankings? You can't. I can go, I can go first. I probably have the hotter take, but... <laughs> I feel I kind of want to... I want to say mine. Yeah. And then I want to hear Go yours ahead. so yeah. that I can react. And then we can just start. <laughs> okay. Because I feel like I'm going to have some good. sort of... Because I already know the Batman Forever England. That's bad you enough. Do. I feel like I'm going to have some sort of vitriol. I'm sure months. you are. I'm sure you are. All right. Um, so I, I'm going to start from the bottom. Yeah. Okay. Right. Okay. So so my... So number seven for me is Batman and Robin. And I don't know how anybody can think differently because it's an awful fucking film. Um, then it goes uh, Dark Knight. Oh, and that's the one that surprised me. Interesting. That's the one that surprised That is a hot take. That's coming yeah. in very low. It, it, yeah. it, no, you should see my notes. Um, and then number five is Batman Forever. Sorry. Um, okay. And then it's Dark Knight Rises, and then Batman Returns, Batman 1989, and then Batman Begins is my top Oh, top. interesting. Honestly, so hold on. You like Dark Knight Rises better than Dark Knight? Yeah, that's I do up. For, specific, <laughs> for specific reasons. Is it Anne Hathaway in the Catwoman suit? I mean, that didn't hurt. Uh, Why is Evan writing things minus down? Minus one million. <laughs> minus one million? <laughs> hey, hey, no, here we go. No, okay, we'll get here back we're... to it. I can... I, I, okay. okay. Right. That's not promising, young man. <laughs> Aaron. I so my, my ranking, and this is going to be a very interesting discussion. That because... in the background might be really bad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. okay. Um, this might be really interesting because um, my the film I have put at number seven is Batman Begins. Is it actually? Yes. Oh, it is. Why is that at that's, the bottom? I, I can prove it to perfect. you. What are you talking about? That's per- <laughs> oh my god! It actually is. That's perfect. How is that a word? Yeah, okay, fine. <laughs> Man. So Batman if, Begins is at the bottom. Sorry. If on- no, if only you would put Batman Forever last. This would be like <laughs> this would be this amazing. would be perfect mirror. No, mirror. but I decided to be you know. Honest. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Batman Batman begins at the bottom. Right. Batman Evan's begins at the bottom. Um, number six is Batman and Robin. Um, number five is The Dark Knight Rises. Okay. Number four is The Dark Knight. Okay. I two, okay. Yeah. Number three is the original Batman, nineteen eighty nine. Okay. Uh, number two is Batman Returns, and number one is, as we all know, Batman Forever. <laughs> That's insane. <laughs> I, I, I will say this: I it, it was when I was pulling up my putting together my ranking, I went back and forth a bit on Dark Knight and Dark Knight Rises. It, like it, that was, I was a tough. I was struggling with the Dark Knight Rises and Batman and Robin actually. <laughs> <laughs> really? Yeah. I mean, they are both like. And part of the reason why the Dark Knight Rises ranks so low for me is, is it's it is just as stupid as Batman and Robin in a lot of ways. It is, like, yes, it, I like, agree. And I didn't realize until I was rewatching it. I'm like, what the fuck is this movie? Yeah, that's Batman and Robin gets a lot of shit for having too many villains, but I don't actually think that's a flaw of the film. <laughs> no, it's that 
I mean, the number of villains is not the problem. Yeah, no, it's not. <laughs> it, it is, and the number of villains and the work put into getting them together is not any more convoluted than no. the Dark Knight or the Dark Knight Rises no, or even Batman Begins, really, or any of the other films. Like, no, you just, it, <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's uncanny their ability to tie random ass characters together. Yes, Evan now has popcorn. He does have popcorn. <laughs> <laughs> You're crunching. That's why. Perfect for recording a podcast. Yeah. So, As Evan is wont to say, that makes for good radio. Just great radio. <laughs> we'll also be having an ASMR portion, apparently, as Evan chooses popcorn. Oh man! But no, yeah, yeah. Like the, it's yeah. The act, the presence of the villains in Batman and Rob is not the issue. It, no, it's it's. You know the the script and the writing and the acting and and a whole bunch of yeah. other stuff. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I will agree with you that Batman Robin does have many issues. The main reason why it is not the last film on my list is because I do actually think it's an entertaining watch. Like I'm not really, for the most part, I'm not really bored when I'm watching Batman and Robin. Like that's. <laughs> I will I will give you that. I might be frustrated at times, <laughs> but I'm not bored. That's actually a really good point. Like I, I did not get bored just because of the sheer joy of watching the film and. Yes. And like tearing it apart. And yeah. being like what like what is why are these people skating? And That's the best scene. I mean I like I guess. <laughs> <laughs> That's not saying much. It's a good fight. It's a fun fight. Okay, okay, can I can I what can I ask you about Uma Thurman and Poison Ivy in general? Because Yeah, I don't love the Poison Ivy plot line. I mean, there's sort of like I, I don't really necessarily have anything to say about her character choices, I guess. I mean that you can't critique anybody's character choices. Yeah, it's just, there's what do we want them to do? They're going to do it. Yeah, like, there's no. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't love the angle of her as sort of like angry environmentalist feminist crazy woman. And yet, apparently, in love with Doctor Freeze. Yeah, that's a weird angle. Which does the yeah, ad makes no sense to me whatsoever. Yeah, it's yeah. yeah, it's a it's a bit of a weird movie. Yeah. I do. I actually like. Um, I, I like the that Bane is wearing the luchador mask, even though the I do like that the uh, the venom. How they they mention the the explanation they give is that I think they've plugged it into the limbic system, which is not how the no. limbic system works at all. <laughs> Wait, are you trying to apply science? To I know I probably shouldn't try to apply science. <laughs> But um, I do like the luchador mask. Bane should have I, a luchador I, I, mask. Yeah, I, I seem to remember like Bane getting a ton of shit back in the day, like like the creation of that character, yeah. which made no sense to me whatsoever. Like so, I, like in the comics or no, no, like when, like, he, was in, when Batman he was in and Batman and Robin. Robin. I seem to remember uh, like I don't know why. Maybe I'm remembering that incorrectly. I don't. I don't remember. It was a long time ago. I feel like of all the things, it like when when I think of complaints that I have seen lobbied against Batman and Robin, yeah. it's like bat nipples number one. Oh, obviously, but the um, bat nipples were in Batman Forever. They were in Batman Forever. I don't mind the bat nipples; they're fine. Um, <laughs> Why is I not writing that down? I'm eating popcorn. That's sick. <laughs> they're fine. Like they're fine. Okay. Um, and like people, I mean, they're you know the obviously the uh, subsection of um, you know fanboys being like, oh, it's gay, which is like. Don't do that. Wait, um, which part? Of Batman and Robin. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That no, was like one of the, the, yeah. the complaints lobbied at it. Yeah. I remember being like very yeah, yeah, yeah. like up there. Um, the, the the puns oh, God. Was, was is also high. Yeah, I don't think... I don't know. <laughs> I will say this. Schwarzenegger is delightful. Schwarzenegger is a lot of fun in He's this movie. so much and fun. And his, his character arc kind of works. It actually does. It kind of works. It's one of the few villains where the arc does actually work. Yeah. I think he I, I think he has a better arc 
than either Riddler or Two Face and Batman Forever. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I can, I can, I can see your arguments on that. Like, I think it's kind of defeated at the end of the film where he gets to like have his revenge on Poison Ivy because it's like, but yeah. you, you just went through a redemption arc for this guy and then put him in this weird. Like, I don't know what the implications of that scene are meant to be. I don't want to think too much about what the implications of that yeah, scene are meant to be. Yeah, probably not. Probably good but, not to think about yeah, that. Yeah, but that, yeah. But that's it, because I, like, that the idea of redemption arcs for villains and, mm-hmm. like, how much work needs to go into a villain, villain's redemption arc, that's a huge topic in and of itself. Oh, because, 100%. Like, like, Freeze and, and Batman have, like, a 60-second conversation <laughs> at the end of the film, and, okay, he's redeemed. That's obviously crap. Yes, Like, yes. he's not, not in, he, maybe he made a good choice in that one moment, yeah. but he's still a bad guy. It's true. And there is, and maybe that's a conversation, a larger conversation to be had about what is a redemption arc and what is a good choice. Like, a, yeah. I feel like there's a trope called villain's saving grace, which yes. might, I'm not sure if that's quite what that trope is. But uh, the idea of like, at like when when push comes to shove, at the end of a story of the villain making a good choice, and yeah. it's not a redemption arc. Yeah. But it's it's, it's a momentary, probably yeah. a minute part lapse in judgment. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like like I would consider Darth Vader's yes. redemption. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. In um, Return of the Jedi, to be a, a villain saving grace. Yeah. Not a true redemption arc. Totally. Um, can, I, can we just put Batman and Robin aside? <laughs> Because I sure. because like because it's obviously an awful movie. Yeah. I, I don't. I, like, I don't. Think it did. Can... I, I feel like I need to say though that it it was the only film on the list that did get tears from me. Why? Because of oh, Michael Goff. Oh yes, yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah. Alfred. The scene where he and Bruce have like a moment yeah. as Alfred thinks that he's dying, yeah. and Michael Goff's performance is amazing because yeah, he's absolutely. a really great Alfred and. He's the um, best Alfred. As well. He is the best Alfred. Yes. Yeah, Michael Goff is. He is one of the few genuinely good things about both Batman Forever and Batman and Robin. He is and very like, great, yes. Like, that's what I can't, as I was rewatching them, and all of my notes, it was just like, he's killing it. Yeah, and he's then, doing a great job. And Michael Caine, and like, even though I rank Batman because it's my highest, Michael Caine is, is a subpar Alfred. I realized on this on this watch through that I don't actually like Michael Caine as Alfred. Me neither. I always <laughs> thought has, I did. Yeah, he has no warmth. No warmth. It's no, just sass. It's just sass. And criticism. Yeah, he's so mean to Bruce. He's so mean. And I don't even like Christian Bale as Batman. But, but you know, I felt bad yeah, for him. Absolutely. And the thing I don't part of the thing I don't understand is is with Dark Knight Rises is Alfred just fucking disappears. Yeah. After like thirty minutes, yeah. and he never comes back <laughs> because he burned a note. Yeah. Like you know, and and broke Bruce's heart, I guess. And you know, that's the one. The one betrayal he has ever yeah. done, and he's like, "Okay, get out," and then yeah. we ne- and we don't see him again at yeah. the funeral. Like, where are you, Alfred? All this shit is going down, and you're nowhere to be found. Yeah, Did, was Michael Caine doing another movie? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I was don't he, understand. Yeah. Was he working on Now You See Me? Like, <laughs> can you imagine if that's why he's not in it? <laughs> He's got to go film now. You see me. Uh, I don't actually uh, remember how close those movies came out to one another, but if only we had somebody who could look that up for us. It's true. I'm busy. <laughs> <All> right. <laughs> Evan's eating. Oh man. Oh. Uh, anyway, but yeah, uh, yeah. Michael Goff is obviously the superior Alfred. Oh, that, go, that goes without yeah. saying. And, and I think that, that the same thing. Like um, Gary Oldman is the superior. Oh part. yeah, one hundred percent. That's that's the one thing that I do genuinely like about the Nolan films. <laughs> yeah, is Gordon um, actually is, does something. Yeah, Gordon actually does something, and the Batman's relationship with Gordon is compelling. Uh, yeah, I, I did think that was cool. Yeah, that like they they. I don't remember. I don't know if this is a thing from the comics. I know it's a thing in Gotham. Mm. Um, that 
Gordon is the one to process, like, after, when Batman's parents, or when Bruce's yeah. parents die, that Gordon is the one to, like, the cop on the scene kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and that they form a bond because of that. Yeah. And I like that connection. Um, Although I yeah. find it weird, and this is just an afterthought, that, like, again, with Dark Knight Rises, um, that that's the clue that Bruce gives to him at the end to identify who he is. I'm like, we're yeah. not going to remember that. Yeah. How many, like... <laughs> it was like 30 Gotham, years ago. And Gotham's a rough place. Yeah. He's probably helped a lot of kids whose parents, yeah. whose parents died just run through the list. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, that's a bit odd. Just a little bit. Dark Knight Rises out in 2012. Now you see me out in 2013. Oh, so that's, so that's a legitimate, that's but, a legitimate yeah. reason. Okay. Who's <laughs> off filming Now You See Me. Ironically, with Morgan Freeman, who is in the Dark Knight Rises a lot more than it, it, He Kane. is. Dark Knight Rises makes no, like... It is a structural mess. It is such a structural mess, but so is the Dark Knight. Yes, the that's Dark true. Knight. I think they're equally structural messes. That's true. Um, because you had like there's the Joker has like six separate schemes mm-hmm. in the Dark Knight, and it, you could cut out <laughs> half of them and make a shorter, better movie. That, that does part somewhat makes sense for the Joker. True. Yeah, in the core of the court, not in two hours, however long the Dark Knight ends up yeah. being. Like. And there, there was something very funny on like rewatching that scene where he's in the hospital talking to Harvey Dent, yeah. and he's like, do I look like a man with a plan? <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's like, yes, Joker, you do, you actually. Do. You really do. <laughs> because you have multiple different, like, complex plans happening in this film. Yeah, like, but overly complex. And the thing that gets me... Is that the whole reason why he get like why those mobsters hire mm-hmm. him at the beginning or not even at the beginning of the film, but like yeah. thirty minutes in, is to kill Batman. Yeah. And then they pay him and he hasn't killed Batman. Yeah. Why are you paying him? It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Anyway. I got, I got yeah. like and so yeah, so Dark Knight is the one where I remember watching it and loving it the first time mm-hmm. I saw it. And I, I think I've watched it about a dozen times. And then but when I watched it critically for this, I was like, This is an awful movie. But I, yeah, I, there's a lot of things in it that don't work. Obviously like the Joker, his like Heath Ledger's performance still holds up really well. Absolutely. Um, and I do still think that the, I don't know. I think the main thing that actually doesn't work about that movie is Harvey Dent. Yeah. Um, I like the idea of where they're going for it, but I never buy Harvey Dent as the best person in Gotham. No. Um, or like I don't know that that's that's not quite the the well. He's that supposed they use, to be but... like. I mean, they call him the White Knight, right? Like, like yeah, he's he, supposed to be... He was supposed to be the best of us, is what yeah, they keep saying. Yeah. yeah, But, I mean, you know, in a city like Gotham, being the best of us is going to be yeah. not perfect. But I feel like his fall from grace, I like, it makes more sense if there's more grace to fall from. Yeah. Like, he's just not a likable character to me for most no, of the no, film. Not really. So I'm not that invested in him turning into Two-Face. And no. there's no real, real relationship between him and Bruce. Like, no. in lots of the other adaptations, he and Bruce are friends. Yeah. And they have a close relationship, and that's sort yeah. of the crux of when he turns to be Two-Face, is that, you know, there's that emotional element to it that, like, oh, Bruce is not only fighting a villain, he's fighting his good friend. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that would, which would make the whole thing with Rachel much more complicated. Yeah. also happen to be friends. Yeah. Speaking of... Can I, can Are we going to talk about can we, can Rachel? We talk about Rachel? <laughs> yes. Because I, like... I mean, she's problematic in both films. Yes. In in The Dark Knight, she is worse. She is I will so give you much that. worse. <laughs> she, she doesn't... Her character doesn't pass the sexy lamp test. No, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> like you could replace her with a sexy lamp, yeah. and it wouldn't. Yeah. it wouldn't really change the story. Nope. she doesn't do anything. She does nothing. And, and, but in Batman Begins, she does. She does a little bit. She does a little bit. Not as much as she could. Yes. I. I it's yeah. It's a little bit wild watching it because she kind of she like she has less. I don't know if agency is the right word, but she does less to propel the plot than most of the char- female characters do 
in the Burton Schumacher films. What? Okay, we're going to dive into Batman forever. <laughs> what does Chase do to progress the plot? She progresses the plot on a thematic level. Go on. Because the... <laughs> Because the themes of Batman Forever revolve around, you know, dual identity and um, sort of bringing dual identity together. And she plays a huge role in that for Batman because she's a psychologist. Is she a psychiatrist or a psychologist? I think she's a psychologist. I don't anyway. know, Aaron. I don't think we ever established that in Batman Forever. <laughs> I think she says right at the beginning. I think she's a psychologist. Is that when she's trying to seduce um, Bruce? Or yeah. sorry, sorry, when she's trying to seduce Batman? Yes. Um... But partially because she's a psychologist, um, like, her relationship with him forces him to confront the fact that he is Bruce Wayne and Batman, which is a huge thematic element of the movie. My, see, my issue with that is that I, I didn't buy into, the, like, Bruce's dual identity struggle. Because because mm. he keep, like because the whole time he's like oh I'm repressing this memory I'm repressing this memory and, yeah. and the memory that, if I'm, unless I misunderstood it the memory that he's repressing is when he fell into the well and yeah okay but that's why he becomes Batman yeah I don't so know. how is he repressing the thing that explains why he is who he is I'm not sure if he's I'm not sure if the implication is that he's repressing it um, I think I feel like the the implication I got more was just that he wasn't like dealing with it like he'd never processed the trauma around the well, but also he'd never processed the trauma around losing his parents, which is obviously a big factor in him becoming Batman. Well, but they keep painting it as, like, so I didn't get the sense that he was, I'm trying to think of the phrase, like, I didn't get the sense that he was avoiding it, I got the sense that, like, these memories are coming back to to him unexpectedly, that he'd never experienced them before, and maybe that's just Kilmer's acting. (laughs) I I will grant you that. Um, But yeah, and then, like, Chase's whole method of trying to like tease that out of him is It's definitely an odd one. <laughs> yeah, well, that's putting it wildly. It's, it's <laughs> questionably ethical. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Questionably ethical at best. <laughs> but I, I, I mean I think I mean she still falls into that trap of, of basically just like she's there she, as the love interest and the damsel in distress. Like She is, yeah. She of like the, the female characters in the Batman film, she probably is low on the like agency scale. Yeah. Um but I still think she does more than Rachel <laughs> in Dark Knight. Oh, definitely more than Rachel in Dark Knight. I I, I, yes. I, I will definitely give that. I think Rachel in Batman begins more active though. And I think and I think In the f- like the first hour of the movie, maybe. Yeah, but then I mean, she does get saved, like, three times, which is, which is a bit of an issue. Yeah. Um, but... I do like the scene where she slaps Bruce. Yeah, and, and that's the thing I really like about her, is that, like, you can tell that, like, she's still obviously interested in Bruce. There's a connection between them, but she's not mm-hmm. waiting for him either. Yeah. Right? And that, whereas it, the problem I find with a lot of, a lot of the female characters in, in Batman and in comics in general is they're only there to, you know, chase after the superhero, whereas Rachel's yeah. doing her own thing. Like, she's a competent DA. Yeah. She does a little bit of investigating on her own. Mm-hmm. Um... You know, she's in the narrow. She's like, okay, and, and she, you know, she st- steps in to defend that kid when mm, those that's true. Get, like, like she's actually doing shit. She is. It's sort of a very like. It's not perfect, but I mean, it's not great. <laughs> you know, it, it, but yeah, that's never the case with superhero films. True. Right. Like so, like like that side of it, I'm I'm willing to. I'm not really necessarily willing to cut it some slack, but yeah, like there's nothing else problematic. Like like the fact that Rachel doesn't have a whole ton of like. Like, she's not kicking ass and taking names. Like, she's like, like that I kind of yeah. almost expect. Well, but that's the thing. is like, she doesn't have to be kicking ass and taking names. But she's, you know, she's a lawyer. Like, I'm sure, like, could they not come up with anything else for her to do in these films other than other have than love? Other than be back up to yeah. everybody else? Yeah, yeah, and have, 
love well, she triangle does that, issues. Like, the whole reason why she ends up at the whole reason why she needs to get rescued from Scarecrow is because she's actively doing something. That's fair. But yeah. is that just a, a bit of a plot device to get her in danger? Mm. I mean, it might be. But like, okay, but, her... but what's what's the cat like? What? How do we? How do we rework? Is there a better way to rework that plot? Have her be a more active agent. I mean, I feel like if we start pulling at the thread that is the plot of Batman Begins, this is a much bigger conversation. I mean, it could be. Because, <laughs> like, in order to make Rachel a more active agent, you'd have to maybe rewrite yeah. parts of the film. Right. But, like... Which you could. Which you could. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I think, like, say, instead of her getting... See, I, see instead of her getting dosed with whatever the fear toxin yeah. is, like... Because Batman gets dosed with it later, and that's why they come up with the... Or, wait... Batman does they get would, dosed with it. Yeah, but I'm trying to remember—is that how they get the antidote, or do they have the antidote I'm, because of Rachel? I can't remember. I'm pretty sure it's because Batman gets dosed. That, okay. Because then he ends up back at the Batcave. Yeah. Well, yeah. Because yeah, he he calls out. Yeah. And when he wakes up, Lucius is there. Now Lucius knows what's going on, which yeah. I think he already suspected. Um, but yeah. So and the, they come up with an antidote. Yeah. Yeah. So, but, but I mean, so let's say you know Rachel goes, um, you know, goes to. Uh, Asylum, you know, kind of finds out what Crane is up to, yeah. and then leaves and brings that information to yeah, like something. Gordon, I don't know who she would bring it to at that point. Yeah, but something along those lines yeah. of like having her contribute a little bit more, given that yeah. like she is a lawyer, it shouldn't, For shouldn't sure. be that hard to have. But that I think is that's that's a subtler and easier fix. Yes, than, like that, like it's not like you got to destroy the whole movie to fix Rachel's agency. I don't think true. No, no, you destroy the movie to fix the fact that it's fucking boring. <laughs> <laughs> No, it's not. It's so boring. That's why it's at the bottom of my list. It's more boring than Dark Knight Rises? Yeah, because at least Dark Knight Rises has Anne Hathaway and Tom Hardy in it to keep my attention. I mean, but it begins... Okay, well, explain to me why why you think it's boring. Well, so, a couple reasons. Um, The first is that I just don't care about the League of Assassins, and I don't care about Ra's al Ghul. I, like... But why not? They're just not interesting villains to me. Like, okay. I, I, I can maybe be pressed to care about Talia at times. Right. But even, like, in the, the animated series, which I like a lot, yeah. the, the Ra's al Ghul episodes suck. <laughs> <laughs> They're just not interesting. Yeah, I, I will say, it is an odd... I think it's an odd thing to have in Batman in general, because you have all these, like, yeah. very comic booky villains, and then a League of Ninjas. Yeah, a League of Ninjas with who's, immortality Yeah, who's something. led by an immortal yeah, it, it sorcerer is, it, leader. It is very strange. And, like, they yeah. don't... And, like, that's the most interesting part of Ra's al Ghul, is that he's <laughs> an immortal a, a sorcerer, <laughs> and they take that out of the film. So you're just left with... <laughs> he's just... He's just there, and he leaves for huge portions of the film. Like, he is the main villain... And but we don't know that he's we, the main villain. See, no, we don't know that. But then he, he like he, he's at the beginning, and then he comes back in at the very end, and everything in the middle is also boring. I don't think the stuff in the middle is boring. I, I think, ironically, I think the, the beginning is very slow. Like when we the get, beginning is very, it's slow. very very slow. But I, but honestly, I decided that's the price of admission. For honest to God, for for Bruce, like when he gets back to Gotham and takes on the mantle and starts figuring shit out. But that's there's a reason why none of the other adaptations do the how Batman learned to be Batman because that's not interesting. I thought it was really interesting. I, I don't care how he gets the car. I don't care you just how he figures see him it out. In the car. I just want to see him in the car. I don't care how he gets there. <laughs> He's rich. I don't need an explanation for how he gets a cool car. I'm starting to understand more and more why you like Batman Forever. Yeah, because because. There's no explanation for why 
we get. I'm totally segueing to Batman Forever. We come back to Batman Begins <laughs> in a second. But the one of the things I that I caught right away with Batman Forever is there's no explanation of why all of a sudden we go from you know Batman Returns with Bruce being unknown mm-hmm. to all of a sudden he's the hotshot. Yeah, there, yeah. There, it, it makes no sense whatsoever. That's that's yeah. I think that's maybe a, a realization that the paparazzi media should exist in Gotham. Like I it's guess. it's more weird that it isn't there in the Burton films, in my opinion. Right, and I agree. Like I, I was making notes throughout. Uh, I was making notes throughout both of them that, like, or throughout nineteen eighty nine. The nobody knows who Bruce Wayne yeah, is. Like, yeah, like, it, it, what the hell is going on? And then, uh, and then Batman Forever. I'm like, okay, now I'm even more confused because we know it's the same Bruce. Yes, it's the same continuity, and they don't explain it. The, the paparazzi just arrived in Gotham, I guess, Apparently. between the films. <laughs> well, it's a very different Gotham too. Right? It is like, in, in some ways, yeah. Um, but but I like the fact that we get that explanation of of how we get this iteration of Bruce Wayne. And I, it, it, I don't know, to me it worked. It, like because the tension points are there, the pacing is there. It, admittedly, the opening is, is slower than it the could opening be, is very slow. But I think and they, then the rest of the film is also slow. I disagree. Um, but it, but I think I think it needed to be that slow because they were trying to introduce the character to a new audience. But you don't need to introduce him to a new audience. Like, were you, there people you, in two thousand five who didn't know who Batman was? I mean, nobody knows who Batman is. But, yeah. But not everybody. Like, like I still have not read a single Batman comic ever. Me either. Um, and hold on, neither of you have ever read a single Batman no. comic. No. <laughs> <laughs> We're both being docked for that. I think. Uh, as long as you're you're getting docked, that's all I care about. Hey, that wasn't on the rubric. What are yeah, you talking I wasn't. About? What the fuck is this? <laughs> what is Kevin drawing? <laughs> I don't. I have no idea. I'm trying to read his uh, scorecard upside down. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I um. I um, like. I have an understanding of lots of the big storylines. Like I know what happens in like Death in the Family. I know what happens in Nightfall. Right, okay. Like, you know, I have some basic idea of like the the lots of the major story points. But no, see, I this is why them. neither of you like Ras Al Ghul. I like Ras Al Ghul. Uh, there's a, a slight disclaimer, maybe, or or slight caveat. I really like Ras Al Ghul. That film. I, I think Liam Neeson does a phenomenal job as you know a mentor turned villain. I'm mm. totally cognizant of the See, fact that from an ed, from a racial standpoint, the casting of Liam Neeson is incredibly problematic. I can totally yeah. acknowledge that. I mean, I think that was one of those things that was never maybe not going to be problematic. Like it's it's not well, dissimilar from the Mandarin in yeah, like exactly. the Iron Man movies. How is um, Alexander Siddiq in Gotham? Cause I haven't. Right. I didn't watch that. Oh, you've done that? Okay, because I've heard he's based on what I know of like. The origin of Razzle as a character in the yeah. comics. I think Alexander Siddig would be phenomenal Razzle. Yeah. So that's part. Of, I want to go to and watch Gotham for that. Have you seen this? Yes. How is, is he good? To the extent that anything on Gotham, well, okay. he's good. He's pretty good. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. I mean, yeah, yeah. But I, I mean, but Liam Neeson brings the gravitas. He brings there's an emotional weight to him, and and like when all when he shows up at Wayne Manor during that party, I'm like, oh fuck, like. It, I mean, even though you kind of, like, even have knowing nothing about the comics, I kind of figured that he was the main bad guy, because yeah. you're not going to lose Liam Neeson in the, you know, the yeah, first minutes of the you film. Don't, you don't kill him off. Like, sorry, Ken Watanabe, yeah. but you're, there's no way that you're Ra's al Ghul. Um, but I, I thought he was super believable as a villain, and and, and I, and even, and even having seen the film, when I went back to rewatch it, I was hooked. I was like, this is fun. Yeah. See, I'm I'm bothered by the like machismo in of of the relationship between him and Razal Ghul. In, in what way? Like, I don't know. It seems like there's just a lot of macho bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> is what I wrote in my notes. Is I there think. though? There. Well, just between, um, like 
I don't know. It feels like, well, I mean, this gets worse in The Dark Knight when you bring yeah. Rachel into it and the relationship between Bruce and Harvey, but we've touched on that right, already. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, just, I don't know, especially in the in the opening scenes, I feel like where they're, they're bonding initially and forming that like mental relationship. I don't necessarily buy that. See, I, I, I think that it's, it's, you get that definitely from Liam Neeson. I, yes. I think you don't get it from Bruce. I think, I think probably I think Bruce is a little resistant to it, and that's why you see him develop differently instead. Yeah, from that that is fair. That which, is which, fair. I mean, but, you could take as yes. a commentary on that sort of like macho bullshit and how it, it's not necessarily the path that you need to follow. That's true, but I feel like there's a lot of like. But then he goes back to macho bullshit. <laughs> well, yeah, because you kick the shit out of people. Like, yeah. You can't avoid that with that man. <laughs> Like, but you can you can subvert it a little bit. But I think they did. I think they subverted it as much as they could. You I don't can't because if you subvert it too much, you're going to get people that are looking at it being like it's not Batman. But you can still I don't know. But they don't really tackle like I don't know that any of the films really tackle. And, and the how issue much can of, you tackle that in two hours of a Batman film? I feel like you can tackle it if you make you it. You could a, today. Yes. I th- I think I I think I think you are practicing presentism, Miss Rockford. I think you're pre- practicing presentism. I'm maybe, a story but, you out. but the animated <laughs> the animated series. Why are you looking at me like that, Evan? The Sorry. animated series has several has several episodes that deal with it in twenty minutes, and that was in the nineties. All right, fine. Okay, well, <laughs> that argument so, out of the water. Like, <laughs> I mean, you do have more free, like the animated series around for a while. Like you, like you have do you, you do have that freedom? That is in a true. TV show and especially but I cartoon. but they had already established that, and I. In that, I don't know, that movie audience was... is different than a cartoon audience. Maybe I'm, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not. I'm not excusing it. Um, I, I, I think that would be a phenomenal thing yeah. to do with with Batman. But but the the question of Liam Neeson though does bring oh, me yeah. to one of my critiques of the movie, which is that there's too many daddies. There's like there's too many father figures. That's true. That's there's a very good too point. many father figures. <laughs> I'll give you that. You've got Thomas Wayne, obviously Batman's well, yeah. actual dad, yeah. and they they like put more put more. Um, the word I'm looking for, like in well, you actually emphasis. get to see him interact. Yeah, which I don't think. Do we see? I don't think so. We see do we, Bruce and Thomas interacting with Batman forever. So. I don't think so either. I don't think so. Okay, so that, that um, was nice. Yeah, so so we get more developments on his relationship with his dad, which yes. is which is fine. Yeah. Um, but then we have as father figures, Alfred, obviously. Yes. Ra's al Ghul. Okay. Gordon. Lucius. Yeah, I don't buy Gordon as a father. I think he is because because of because they have that scene where he's comforting Bruce after his dad dies. Yeah, but do we see anything like that throughout the rest of the film? But I think it's inherent in their dynamic moving forward from that that there is a fatherly dynamic there. Gordon's maybe not aware of it, but Bruce is. Why? But all he does is order Gordon around. (laughs) However, sorry, Evan. Well, no, I'm just thinking because I mean, like the daddy issue thing. I mean, it is. Inherent to the it is inherent to, to Russell, and it is inherent to Russell Gould. I mean, <laughs> yes. that's kind of yes. like because I've been thinking as you guys have been ripping on Russell Gould, um, <laughs> like okay, like what's the hook of this character? And like right. when he was initially introduced in the comics, which you guys haven't read, um, <laughs> I mean, the hook is kind of twofold. The first is one of the first characters who knows exactly who Bruce Wayne is, mm-hmm. knows where the Batcave is, knows everything. Mm-hmm. So Bruce has no secrets from him. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also, he's not trying to kill him. Mm-hmm. In his first appearance, he's trying to recruit him. Mm-hmm. And a lot of their initial interactions is that kind of daddy figure. He wants Bruce to prove himself worthy mm-hmm. of being the next Ra's al Ghul, mm-hmm. of being the head of the League of Assassins. Right. There's less of that in the film. Yeah, yeah. I mean, definitely less of the trying to recruit him yeah. thing. Like, that's really only at the beginning. Right? Yeah, and I would, like, it's not a plot that I dislike. Like, the idea of... 
you know, Batman obviously grieving his dad mm -hmm. and then looking for alternative father figures. It's just that, does the film come to, like, a stance on that? And that is, that's what I was thinking as, as you were running through them, is yeah. that I don't... It, I don't think it really does as strongly as it could have. Because yeah. obviously Alfred is the better father. Exactly. But they don't... I don't know that that's made explicit in the film. I, I mean... And maybe that's just that neither of us really care for Michael Caine. That could be... I, I think <laughs> maybe they do. Because there's... There's like... When Bruce Manor... Or when Bruce Manor... When Wayne Manor gets burned down. <laughs> Fuck. It's too many words. Bruce Manor. Bruce Manor. <laughs> that sounds like the name of a character. Um, <laughs> when Wayne... So Wayne Manor gets burned down. Yeah. Alfred's the one that goes in and, and saves him. Yes. And then they have that, I think it's at the end of that scene. It, it's either the line where they, I mean, that's from Dark Knight. I think it's at the end of that scene where they have the line, you know, why do we fall down? Because we can pick each other back up again. Yeah, mm. like that's and, recurring. And, 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 but Alfred's yeah. the one, because we know that's a line from his dad. It's Alfred who says it at the end of that. Yeah, that's and, true. And then Alfred is, has his back through the... Yeah. Through the rest of that, so I, yeah. so I, I think I think they sort of do it. It's not. Yeah, I feel they like don't they, hit over the head with it. I, I mean, think might be. well, I feel like they don't. Sorry. No, it's okay. It's. I mean, fundamentally, the question to me in Batman Begins, yeah. and this is where I think Nolan screwed up his trilogy. But okay. fundamentally, <laughs> to me, the question in Batman Begins is, can Gotham be saved? Right. Mm -hmm. And by the end of it, it, Batman has decided that yes, it can. Right. Because he rejects the idea of Razal Gul that yeah. we have to. But he doesn't actually save it. Yeah. No. But he's decided it, that it can be saved. Can be saved. Yeah. And then dark, the Dark Knight is asking the question of, does it deserve to be saved? Okay. Because the Joker's experiment, if yes. it had worked, where the people right. are going to kill each other on the boats, is that these people aren't worthy of being right. saved. Yeah, okay. yeah. And what I think is brilliant about that that's, yeah, is that's that it's not about the film. fist fight with, with the Joker at all. Yeah. It's about whether or no. not experiment yeah. goes the way the Joker says it will. Yeah, right. And it doesn't. Yeah, that's so that movie, that movie demonstrates that, yes, Gotham is worthy of being saved. Okay. And the third movie should have been, <laughs> on some level, now saving Gotham. Yeah. Instead, they did whatever they did. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, no, that, that's fair. That, that, yeah, yeah, that's a really good point. Um, yeah, but... Yeah. And, and even, like, the, the grappling with Thomas Wayne's legacy, I don't know if it does that. Like, they burn Wayne Manor. Yeah. Rosal Ghoul burns Wayne Manor. Right. You know, is there... Is there broader like symbolism to that? Is that metaphor? Does that go anywhere? I don't think it, I don't think it's meant to because. But it should be. <laughs> is my I argument. Mean, <laughs> I mean, I think it's it's supposed to be taking Bruce to that moment where he could very easily give up. Yeah. Yes. Right. Like he's he thought things were going reasonably well at least, or yeah. thought he knew what he was doing. Turns out he has no idea yeah. what fight he was even in. Yeah. Loses now it. his family house has been burned down. Yeah. Yes. And he is in that moment where he feels like. It's over. I failed. I'm going to give up. And right. Then and then he does the yeah. yeah. Does, does the Obi Wan? Yeah. yeah. So I mm, I think so. Yeah. But does yeah. it? But does it work as a metaphor in terms of like who Batman wants to be? Like like who Batman is? Who Bruce chooses Batman to be? I think it. Does I think it, it does. Work as a metaphor on that level. I think it does. And 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 I might need a minute with this because I'm I'm coming up with it off the top of my head. But, <laughs> um, because I don't like the leg. You said the legacy of Thomas Wayne. I don't think Bruce is yeah, necessarily I guess, worried about the legacy. I guess he's just pissed off. But like, I guess I may, and maybe that's at the forefront of my mind because there's like prior to that at the um, at the party scene where yeah. he's basically like "fuck all of you Gotham socialites." Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There is that question of like, to what extent is he Thomas Wayne's son? Yeah, and he, so I feel like they they bring that question forward and then don't really answer it. I mean. 
I think that's something that gets completely lost after the first film. Yeah. Yes, like absolutely. in the first film, Thomas Wayne is very clearly like he wants to use his wealth and influence to make Gotham a better place. Exactly. Right. He builds yeah. the train and exactly. Wayne. Yeah. And, and, and Bruce is trying to yeah, and at least, kind of do a similar yeah, thing. Yeah, at least yeah. arguably that's what Bruce is, yeah. is committing himself to yes. doing. I think they forget about that entirely after think, the first movie. I think, I think they forget about a lot after the first I, movie. I think they forget about it within the first movie. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you could argue that by deciding by the end that no, Gotham is worthy of being saved. That's, and that's, that's a fair argument. That, that he's at least, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to fulfill what my father was trying to do. Yes. Um, yeah, they forget about it after the first movie. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. They, they definitely do. Yeah. And, and there's, there's that comment early in the film. I think it's moving the flashback when Bruce is when Bruce is leaving Gotham, like when, when we go back and see that moment with Alfred, um, they, like, like Alfred is saying, you know, like this house actually matters. And Bruce is like, like this house is useless. Like, yeah. like, and, and he's like, I don't give a shit about this house. Um, I think that's where the metaphor is because, mm-hmm. like, because we know he's, we know he's pissed off at his dad mm-hmm. for not, you know, saving himself and saving his mom for not standing up. Yeah. Or whatever. Um, and, and he's pit- and so like I, I think the metaphor becomes or sorry the house becomes a metaphor for his dad and then when he loses that it's kind of it's almost, it, you could argue it's almost like losing his dad all over again yes and then I, and I think that's where we see that like like Emma was saying that moment of I could just give up and go home so I, I think maybe there's a metaphor there I think you gotta dig maybe, for it though, maybe because I don't think it's intentional yeah maybe because well and then and then Wayne, Wayne Manor burnt but I want it to be <laughs> it's a superhero <laughs> movie but if you're why gonna... are you looking for metaphor <laughs> well, hold on what's the metaphor in Batman Forever Aaron <laughs> the bat well we talked about this a little bit already it's about like dealing with your trauma is it though it is through sometimes dressing up like a bat <laughs> is that a recommended I course think so. of therapy yes as a, as a therapist <laughs> as a therapist you recommend that i, dress I do up recommend dressing, dressing up, up like a bat um i would be on record as saying that um and maybe, that's, and maybe that's why i find batman forever to be a really interesting film is because it's sort of directly addressing Bruce's trauma and how he's responded to that and whether or not that's healthy and whether or not that's something that should continue and to what extent he's able to kind of, you know, manage his his trauma and his desire to do something about it with, you know, his actual life and not wanting to give over entirely to revenge. Okay, let me ask you this. Yes. How does that, like, like if that's the intended... Mm-hmm message like the overarching metaphor yes how does that possibly hold up in a movie that is so ridiculous and comic booky and badly written <laughs> well but there's i would argue that it's not badly written it's so badly written <laughs> well but if you're gonna pull that out like, <laughs> we have a whole bunch of unraveling to do. We, we do no because because that that's i would expect that sort of i would expect that from nolan more than i expect from schumacher and well, and I don't know. I don't. I should have probably looked up who wrote all of these films. Um, um, I know Akiva Goldsman was on either Batman Forever, or Batman and Robin. Cause, yeah, because I did look that up. But I was because I was pretty sure it was the same guy who wrote Batman Forever and Batman and Robin, which is because I was looking that up too. Because I'm like, one of these movies works for me, and one of them absolutely <laughs> doesn't, really doesn't. And I don't know why, because yeah. ostensibly they had the same creative team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I just um, know Schumacher directed them both. Yes, yes, he did. But, yeah, no, but, like, being comic booky doesn't mean that you can't also address serious issues. But I, I don't think it does it well. I, I, think, I, think it, I think through a combination of the fact that Kilmer is a horrible actor, <laughs> or, or at least in this film. I think he does a terrible... I think he's I, fine. I, I, sorry, I think he's yeah, fine. I think he does a terrible job of trying to channel Michael Keaton. Yes, so, he's so, not yeah. doing a great Michael Keaton he impression, but I think he's he, fine. But he's trying to. He is. <laughs> Which is a problem in itself. So if you take... If, when you combine Kilmer, when you combine, you know... 
a serious pacing issue with too many plot lines, similar to Dark Knight, See, Dark Knight Rises. Hold on. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> when, you, when you take those two things, plus, um, you know, plus the ridiculous comic bookiness, which I think overshadows any sort of serious mm-hmm. messaging, plus the fact that Chase... Um, is essentially what is, she's basically like one poisonous acid snake bath away from becoming the film's third villain. <laughs> Think about it. Drop her in an acid bath, she becomes the villain. Bear in mind, I haven't seen this movie, so oh man, you're in for a treat. If you combine all of that together, See, I, kind I, of, I kind of respect her horniness. <laughs> this okay, hold on, hold on, we can cut this out after. Are you advocating trying to seduce your patients, no, Karen? No, Bruce, Bruce is not her patient. They have a couple discussions about psychology, but he does not ever no, consent that's true. to that's, Yeah, there's never actually any paperwork. Yes, there's no paperwork. They do not even have like a verbal agreement that there's no, confidentiality okay. or anything between them. Right. He's not her patient. They are just to have a conversation. However, she does say, and I actually wrote this down, oh, God. all my life I've been attracted to the wrong kind of man. Look at what I do for a living, right? Yeah. Yeah, she she is a yeah. She I can see her becoming a Harley Quinn, but <laughs> that's what I mean. But Harley Quinn's a great character. I <laughs> think part of the reason why I wasn't as into Birds of Prey is a similar reason why similar issue that I had with the Nolan or with specifically Dark Knight Dark Knight Rises is that it doesn't feel like Gotham. It just feels yeah, like that, I don't know, inner that city is fair. New York. I will I will give you that point. Yes, because like, I agree. I, yeah, and I think that's just I think that's made my comic book bias is that yeah. I want the city to feel like like a different world. Yes, I mean, like, yes, which... and and Gotham specifically. Maybe that's because yeah. I grew up watching the Burton Schumacher films yeah. and the animated series where there is a distinct different to all of those, but oh, there's yeah. always a distinct feeling to what Gotham yeah. is, Absolutely. and it's not just New York. Yeah. Or Chicago or Boston. Yeah. Or there's, I mean, there's a couple scenes. Like, there's the scene, obviously, the big final fight at, like, the abandoned theme park. Yeah, um, that, that, that was the first yeah, moment that where I felt ass. like we were in Gotham. Yeah. Absolutely. But it's like, okay, now we're in Gotham. Yeah. <laughs> but the rest of it feels like New York. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I agree. Exactly, yeah. I agree. Um, yeah, I, I, I wrote something down with the Dark Knight where I was, like, um, during Commissioner Loeb's funeral. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, like, you've got bagpipes and a marching band? What the fuck are we? Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's an issue I have with, um, with I mean... In, in Batman Begins, I don't think that it feels like Gotham in that one either. It feels and the most like Gotham of the three. That's fair enough. Um, but but I do think that the most interesting piece of set design is the kind of ridiculously graffiti train. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's like, no <laughs> yeah. way did anything ever get this graffiti. No, like, I know. No. It's so bad. <laughs> it's so ridiculous. And that was one of the, I, that's one of the reasons why... Um, I put Riot, Dark Knight Rises above Dark Knight is because we don't have that. There's no Batcave in the Dark Knight, and yeah, it didn't dawn on me until I was wild. watching Rises. I'm like, oh fuck, there was no Batcave. What the hell? Yeah, I don't. Yeah, that's one of the things I well, don't like about the film. Is doesn't that, make any yeah. It's the it's the Wayne Tower Batcave. It's yeah, not a cave. I don't like it's a it. I know, but I mean, they do that in the comics and it's all as well. White. It's oh, the Wayne like, Tower. Well, but I want to see the Batcave. Yeah, I'm a man of simple needs. Yeah, <laughs> I need a cave. I need bats in it. Yeah, that's all I want. Yeah, it's too sterile. That is that seriously was enough for you to put. <laughs> sorry, that, Dark Knight <laughs> Rises. And sorry, Dark sorry, Knight. That, sorry, that's one of the yes. that's one of the things. The, Dark Knight Rises. I, I'm telling. I grappled with where to. Yeah. Like, well, which one I don't think you need to grapple where to put that movie at all. <laughs> if we're going to talk about weird setting things too, sure. we also have to talk about the fact that in Dark Knight Rises, there's so much Americanism in it, I know. and it's bizarre it makes coming no off of sense. like it's it's very wild coming off of any of the other films yeah. because like yes, while Gotham is in America. Like ostensibly, but it kind of doesn't matter. No, it, 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 it's it never just should. all of a sudden in Dark in yeah. Dark Knight Rises. It's like 
we're playing football, which I know is a thing in multiple other versions, that there is a Gotham football team, which is very funny to me, because, like, can you imagine? Like, do they, do the other teams draw straws to see who has to go playing Gotham? Yeah, exactly. Like, that's can you guaranteed. Imagine? Like, the Cleveland Browns are like, fuck, I really don't want to go. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone gets sick the night before the yeah, big game. Oh, sorry, we got a forfeit. Gotham wins the Super Bowl yeah. every year just because. Nobody wants to go play in Gotham. Because you're going to get kidnapped by a supervillain. Like, that's just guaranteed. a foregone conclusion. Guaranteed. I want to know why Bane hates football. Me too. Because that's the one bombing that makes no sense to me. Yeah. Like, kill the mayor. I'm well, totally with you there. But why destroy the field? And, and in the lead up to that, where there's the little boy and he's singing... Um, uh, Star Spangled Banner. It. I was going to say God Save the Queen. I'm like, no, that's us. <laughs> that's Britain, even. Yeah, the Americans um, really don't do God Save no, the Queen. No. <laughs> but yeah, there's there's so much of that. Like, it's baked yeah. into the film so much yeah. that it's like, and it doesn't work. And no, it really doesn't. <laughs> but it's wild. Maybe that's another reason why I ended up hating it, is because I, like, I, I hate that sort of like yeah. unnecessary, which makes it odd that Independence Day is one of my favorite movies of all time, but that's a side. But issue. there's, and there's a weird. It, I think maybe partially because like Independence Day, you kind of know what you're signing up for. Whereas like this is a Batman movie. Why yeah. are we talking about <laughs> America? I don't yeah, exactly, care about yeah. America. We're watching Batman. That, the whole opening sequence with the like the airplane and, and he kidnaps the mm. that, um, vaguely Middle Eastern yeah. scientist. I'm like, this is Mission Impossible or, yeah. or Jack yeah. Ryan or something. Yeah. This is not Batman. Yeah. Even if he's wearing a mask, I don't give a shit. Yeah, it's not a luchador mask, yeah, exactly. so I don't I care. Don't, I don't understand. Um, Speaking of villains. Yes. We're going to have to talk about villains at some point. Yeah. Okay. Um, we need to talk about Nygma and, and Two-Face. Yeah, they're great. No, they're not. They're great. No, they're not. <laughs> the no, performances they're... are great. The writing is great. Nope. No, I think Batman, I think if, if they could have gotten Robin Williams for Batman Forever, I, it might have Oh, God, that would have been wild. I mean. If, I think he would have done a way better job than Jim Carrey. See, I like Jim Carrey. I think his manic energy matches the Riddler really well. I, mean, I, I do remember thinking at the time the movie was coming out because I am old enough that I was alive when the movie came out. I do I remember mean, so thinking was I, but that technically, sorry, that Jim Carrey was perfect casting for the Riddler. He's he's good casting for the Riddler. I mean, and I yeah, I and I haven't seen the movie, but uh, <laughs> okay, but I mean, it, 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 he does kind of make sense. Mm-hmm. Okay, riddle me this then, Aaron. <laughs> Oh, come on, that should get me points. That should get me points. <laughs> you knew it was on the list. You knew it was on the it's list. On, oh, it is, too? I totally forgot. Oh, man. I forgot, there's a, I forgot there's a box for unnecessary use of riddles. Fuck. <laughs> Damn it. And you didn't even do the voice. I can't do voices. Um, okay, Enigma is supposed to be, like, genius-level smart, right? Yes. His behavior makes no sense whatsoever. Counterpoint, he is not mentally well. Oh, so he just, okay, <laughs> fair. But, I, like, I don't know, all of my notes here are about how what he's doing makes no sense. <laughs> it is a very weird plan, I will give you that. And, but I, because it's Nygma, I expect it to make sense. I expect something about it to make sense. It never does. Does, do any of Nygma's plans make sense, though? Like I think they should. <laughs> I feel like you could almost generalize that to Batman villains in general. Yeah. Like, and almost comic book villains in general. Yeah. Do any of these plans, if you think about things you could do as a supervillain. If you, if you start pulling at the threads of, I mean, if we're going to talk about do plans make sense, we got to talk about the penguins. (laughs) No, I know. I'm I'm with you there. Absolutely. Absolutely. But that, but I mean, I, I think there are so many, so many better villains throughout all these films than, than either Riddler or Two-Face. See, I think they work. And, 
I mean, Two-Face obviously has the thematic element going for him that um, he is torn between two identities, which matches with Batman's. Like, it's a, it's a good foil. Do we see that at all? We see it less than probably we should. I don't think we see it. Period. <laughs> and no, all, we, all, yeah. all he does is flip the coin. Yeah, we don't see a lot of Harvey. No, yeah, I don't think yeah. we see any Harvey. Like, mm-hmm. give me one moment in that film where we see Harvey Dent. God, I don't even remember what all of them are, but... Well, all we see, no, all we see is two-faced. And, yeah. and I think Tommy Lee Jones does a great job of being that sort of, like, just manic force of nature. Yes. Um, I, I think out of the two, he, he's the way better villain. Uh, but, there, but he has no arc. And then he just dies. Yeah, he, I mean, do villains need an arc, though? They don't, necessarily. Yes. No, I, I, I will give you that. But He's, I mean, like, Riddler has a bit of an arc, but, which, yeah, in that he goes from being an unhappy employee to being a supervillain. But, um... <laughs> See, but that that whole and I think it's partly to do with with Batman himself. That whole plot line bugs me because you get like you get you know Nigma tries to you know sell like he goes to Bruce Wayne. And he's like, okay, I've got this project for you, and Bruce blows him off. Mm-hmm. And which essentially, if Bruce wasn't a dick, we never get the Riddler, <laughs> which is stupid well, in of itself. But his 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 objection to the the thing is a moral objection. Like he's like, this is not ethical to do this. Th- Right, this thing. but he, I mean, this is a guy who deals with supervillains all the time. You would think he'd be smart <laughs> he enough. He should have known. He should have, like, <laughs> it's, like, it's like in Batman and Robin, I know we weren't going to bring up Batman and Robin again, but it's like in Batman and Robin when they're at that charity thing for whatever reason. And, it's always a charity. And, and, and Poison and, Ivy comes and, yeah, and, 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 like, you know, there's this dance going on, which is clearly not part of the script. If I'm Batman, I'm fucking sh- yeah. throwing batarangs. Bef- like, it goes on way too long. Like, you're a fucking detective. It takes a What the hell, man? <laughs> But then, like the thing that bugs me about Nigma is that I I never see how his how any of his plans fit together. Like he's sending those random notes to Bruce mm-hmm. because and I and I get why he hates Bruce Wayne. Like that I totally understand. Yeah. But then all of a sudden, but then he you know, he founds his own company and then he just seemed like it's all just to make money. Yeah. Like he wants, and then but then it's also about draining everybody's intelligence, which apparently doesn't make it well, more think, effective. I think I think the building. funding was to make his company. Like I think they were stealing money so he could start the company. But then he keeps stealing money because it's fun. <laughs> okay, <laughs> but then and then all. But then, why does he all of a sudden fixate on Batman? Because the the Batman he, 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 I, come, that comes out of nowhere. Well, it comes from Two Face because they make the deal that like Two Face hates Batman, Nigma hates Bruce Wayne, and it just happens to be that they are the same person. How does Nigma figure that out? From the the machine at the party, which that, no, he doesn't. He knows beforehand. Well, because no, but he he and the machine gets interrupted. No, I think. I think, if I'm remembering the scene in the film right, he goes, like, Bruce goes to the party, he puts on the, um, the, the thing, for, which I will admit is a weird plot point that he yes, decides to do that, um, but he's, like, Nigma's just like, oh, let's look at what's in Bruce Wayne's head, at which point, because they see... But why, why does he want to see Bruce Wayne's head? Because he hates Bruce Wayne. But he's already beaten Bruce Wayne. Maybe he's curious. Okay, but it doesn't. But it, 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 you're, you're you are contextualizing. You are coming up with meaning that isn't there. But I think it's inherent in the the movie. I don't think it needs to be explained more than just he hates this guy I, and is curious think, to see what's in his brain. I think I think there's too much jumping around with with Nigma's plot. 
the whole the, the pacing issue is sorry between the pacing issue and the plotting issue. The I pacing think, is a bit weird, but I think so it works. Weird. I don't think it, it, it. You're balancing way too much stuff. You've got Bruce's nightmares. You've got the fact that Robin wants revenge. You've got the bizarre romance that Chase has with both Bruce and <laughs> Batman. You've got the fact that Nigma wants to drain all the intelligence out of Gotham for some reason. You've got Two Face. You've got the riddles that are being sent to Bruce. Yeah, but most of these, some of these are parts of the same plot, though. And the Riddler doesn't really have, or sorry, Two Face doesn't really have his own plot. He's just kind of there, which is maybe a bit of an issue that he's he he and he and Enigma team up, and they like his like I guess his goal is to find Batman, and that's how that's explained away. But right, okay. um, yeah, no, I like I said, I I do agree that the pacing is a bit weird. I don't think it impacts the overall movie, like it. Like, I don't think Robin shows up until, like, an hour into the film, which is yeah, adult bananas. Robin. <laughs> yeah, adult Robin. <laughs> yeah, sorry, I'm going to adopt you even though you're 25. I like the part where it's, like, right after he shows up at the mansion, and um, he's like, okay, I'm going to take off. Like, thanks for vouching for me, so social security. <laughs> yeah, when exactly. come out, or, whatever, or children's aid, or whatever it is yeah, that he says, it's but like, it's like... <laughs> he's, they're not going to come after you, Robin. You're an adult man. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> There are so many problems with this film, man. <laughs> like, for, like, so but many that's, problems. But that's maybe a, an issue of just like weird casting, and you, that you can't cast. Why are kids. you making? Why? Why are? You, why are you giving this film so much benefit? <laughs> Everything we bring is just like, oh, it's just an issue with this. So it's, it, it's so, it, how? It's how a is good this film. film. It, it's better than all the others. Yes. <laughs> I don't understand. You have not helped me understand. So I mean, I do. I do like that we have Batman working with Robin. Um, I, and Chris O'Donnell as Robin does actually work for me in this movie. Like, I, I think it works if you take away the trying to pretend like he's a child. Yes, yeah. Well, they're not but trying they to pretend he's a child. I think they're maybe trying to pass him off as, like, 17. Okay. <laughs> he's not. <laughs> he's not, but I think that's what they're trying to pass him okay, off so, as. Okay, so that's terrible casting. They there were so many better people at the time that they could have gone with, but that's... Sure. Um, um, but I like. I think his character works. I think it works for like like as a as an interpretation of Dick Grayson. Um, I think it works as like a, as a foil to Batman and like a contribution to the thematic elements of the film. That like he's out for revenge and that sort of forces Batman to, along with like what he's doing with Chase, is. Uh, <laughs> Poisonous acid snake bath. <laughs> is one poisonous acid snake bath away. I shit you not. Um, that sort of forces him to confront his own, you know, views about vengeance and vigilantism and all that kind of stuff. Um, and there, I think their dynamic works in the film. I think it works like on a crime fighting together, but also they don't quite have like a father son dynamic, but they definitely no. have like a mentor mentee relationship. Yeah, and yeah, it's more like. It's the starting of what I think could be a brotherly relationship. Yes. I really like the scene where Dick is about to take off and Bruce is like, well, why don't you come gas up in my garage and also <laughs> yeah, exactly. have a look at these really cool motorcycles Which I have. would have worked a lot better with a 14-year-old than it did with a 25-year-old. <laughs> well, but, but a 14-year-old can't drive a motorcycle. Okay, fair point. Because he promises all the motorcycles to <laughs> that, him. That's a fair point. Okay, 17-year-old maybe. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, why... Er, how can you like? Why is Batman nineteen eighty nine not a better film in your eyes? Because I think it I think it hits a lot of the stuff that you like about Batman Forever, but does it better? See, yeah, there's there's a weird I don't know, like I think Batman Returns is a more interesting film than Batman nineteen eighty nine. Um, yeah, okay. and then that Batman Forever, but has its issues. Of course, I think I think it's it sort of suffers all of the issues that like an uh, average sort of 
Batman film suffers, mm-hmm. or like a like a first film suffers right, from, okay. um, which is that they have to establish a bunch of stuff. Yeah. Um, Jack Nicholson is kind of playing the Joker, but also kind of not. <laughs> yeah, it's um, a very different. It's like it's Jack Nicholson. Yeah. With makeup. Yeah. <laughs> Essentially, he's, like, yeah. he's not quite playing the Joker most of the time. No. Um, I, don't, I don't know that he's. I don't think he's meant to, because Tim Burton was basically just doing whatever the hell he wanted. It's true. It's true. I mean, is Danny DeVito playing the penguin in no, any meaningful it, sense of the word? Definitely not. Like, he's like, a, <laughs> like, no disrespect to anyone out in the world, but he's basically a circus freak. Oh, yeah. And so. Oh, God. I mean, if we open that can of worms about what I is mean, happening with the penguin, is that could be a whole hour-long discussion on yeah, its own, I feel. Yeah, but, um, but, yeah, but um, I, I just think it's, like, on a... On a thematic level, Batman Forever is more interesting to me. Um, I think it's closer to the comics and, like, the the feel from, like, the animated series in a way. Um, it's, like, it has that, like, fun comic booky flair to it, I guess. In, like, maybe, at least more so than maybe Batman. Maybe we just want different things out of our superhero films. That's, I mean, that's sort of the peaceable conclusion <laughs> Yeah, like, like, if we don't want to leave this killing each other. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Because they, one of the re- one of the reasons why I love Batman Begins way more than, like on this rewatch, way more than I did when I first mm-hmm. saw it, is because I like it. The char- like the characters make sense. I I can see the character development between them. I can see the ties that are forming between them because the acting is spot on. Like even even the scenes where Bale is flat, like you know Morgan Freeman is great, or or Gary Oldman is great. Whatever yeah. it matches up, well, yeah. like it. Plus, I get Batman. <laughs> like, and 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 you can get you get those themes, and you get like a, a certain you get this these action moments and these tension moments, and it, like I, I I find I don't want a comic booky film. Mm. I, I want a movie that has a little bit of heart to it. And to me, Batman Forever, yeah. its heart is just we want to sell toys. I, this is another issue I do have with Batman Begins, though, is that it's told non-linearly, like the first bit. I don't understand why that is. Yeah, I, I don't either because it does it, it doesn't, doesn't add anything to the film, and it kind of confused me. <laughs> Would it have been slower, maybe? Because I think... I don't know that it... Like, if they had just started with, like, Batman's... How does... Because it, start, it, it starts with Bruce in that prison and wherever the hell yes. it is. And then he gets picked up by Ra's al Ghul and they yeah. start training. And then Ra's wants to know, like, okay, how did you get it? Even though he knows. Yeah. But he's pretending that he doesn't. And then, and then you jump to the past. Mm-hmm. I think they should have just started with Batman's parents getting killed. I, know, I feel like that wouldn't have been as interesting. See, but during that opening, I'm like, I don't know why I should care about any of this. Other than that, I know Christian Bale is playing Bruce Wayne, I that's but that's not... I think that's what they're making. Like, I guess. You know that this is Bruce Wayne. Like, you're there to see Bruce Wayne. I guess, but If, I if it was a movie with a totally different unknown character, then I think yeah. they're fucked, and I think they've made a horrible decision. Yeah, but, but even... that That is a good point. I do think... And maybe, again, this is maybe my bias in that I'm like, I care less about Bruce Wayne outside of Gotham. And so when we fair. start with he's, where he's outside of Gotham, I'm yeah. like, okay, but... That was my other issue with Dark Knight. Is Why does when he's matter? in Hong Kong, I'm like, I don't give a fuck. Yeah, I don't, care, I don't care about him being in Kong. I also don't care about him being in the the pit. Yeah, exactly. In Dark Knight Rises, okay, that's where the, the yeah. fuck is that? <laughs> and that's the, that's the other reason why Dark Knight Rises. Is, no, wait, no, this is bad. Dark Knight Rises maybe should be below. <laughs> I think it should be below. I, I, I think they're interchangeable, really, because oh, God. Uh, no, no, because okay, sorry, I think I'm, I'm going to walk back my ranking and move Dark Knight Rises below Dark Knight again because, like, you could. No, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just Evan thinking. gets this look on his face sometimes, and I know he has words. No, I'm just thinking because I mean I think in definitely in Batman Begins, and then really in 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 Dark Knight, 
I mean, we don't like the Bruce Wayne that we see is is the persona, right? Yes, it's yeah, like but he's, even that, yeah. yeah, like he's putting on the ridiculously goofy. Oh, I'm buying the hotel. So oh yeah, that, that's, that's all of that. That's that's yeah. yeah, which is which so, is fine. Like I don't know that we ever see Christian Bale as like Bruce Wayne when he's not putting on the Bruce Wayne act. But that's that's mm. part of the problem, I think, is that there yeah. there needs to be a Bruce Wayne underneath that. And yeah. I, I mean, I also find his you know, rich bastard to be less charming than, like, Michael Keaton's rich bastard. He never has to be the rich um, bastard. Well, but he does, I mean, he does a little bit. He kind of no, puts he that just, on... No, he just, the party's going on and he just hides. That's true. But he, he, he kind of puts that on a little bit with, um, Knox, I think is the name of the reporter, where he's kind of he? like, like, oh, yeah, like, you know, fund his research. Like, there's, there's a little bit of, like, throwing his money around. Oh, that, yeah, that's true. Yeah, he, he does but, throw his money around. That's right. Yeah, but he gets to be, but he gets to be... Like a a more real version of himself for sure, and, and so uh, yeah. does Val Kilmer, and yeah. I guess so does George Clooney. Uh. <laughs> so I think what they were doing in the Nolan films is an idea that I I think has become a little bit more preeminent than it should. That Bruce Wayne is the mask and Batman is the real guy. Yeah, yeah. but they're both masks. Yeah, and I mean I I like it better when there is someone who is neither of those things. Yeah, yeah. That, yeah I like not that. the not the billionaire playboy persona, not yeah. really Batman, but there's another yeah. another individual. I think yeah. in the Nolan films, it's the idea that Bruce is the mask. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we never see. Yeah, I do. Bruce I do Wayne like. Not as Batman. I do yeah. like the scene in the Dark Knight where he. Um, crashes his car into I think it's one of the, the Joker's henchmen who are chasing like Harvey Dent. Um, oh, is it when he he, uh, he he totals the Ferrari? Yeah. Or? No, that's that's another random side plot. Okay. With, with the trust fund, when that guy's going to expose him, and the Joker's like, is that what you're Maybe. doing? Maybe no, it's or does he crash multiple cars? <laughs> he might crash multiple cars. Okay. This is the one. Um, I think it's like it's when the Joker is trying to get to Harvey. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah. when he crashes the Batmobile. Yeah, no, no, he crashes his Ferrari into it, and Gordon yes. is like, oh my god, like, Gordon gets out, oh, yeah, he's yeah, like, no, oh my god, Mr. Wayne. Yeah. Like, like, wow, you, you saved Harvey Dent's yeah, yeah, yeah. life, wow. Yeah, and like, he's just like, who? I do like that scene. <laughs> that is pretty good. If they had more of that, I would yeah. be more into, because yeah. even, like, the mask isn't entertaining to watch, really. Also, if we're going to talk about villains, I feel like we have to address the elephant in the room a little bit, which is that we haven't talked about Scarecrow. Oh, yeah, that's right. Because he's in Batman Begins. You could be... I don't think we've talked about him. You could be forgiven for thinking that... Like, for forgetting his presence. (laughs) Because he is... Like, it's a criminal misuse of his character in my opinion it is a, yeah it is a very different scare but again but I, I don't I don't I, even hate the performance it's just that he's in like five minutes of the movie and he doesn't do very much more than that maybe a little bit more ten minutes <laughs> no but it, I mean I, I will say this because uh, I've been playing the, the Arkham games right yeah now, and so I, like I'm playing Arkham Knight and I, as we were watching Batman Begins I wrote down that Cillian Murphy is no John Noble who does the voice of uh, okay. Scarecrow in, yeah. um, in Arkham Knight like John Noble does a phenomenal job yeah. even just as a voice actor for that yeah um, yeah, like his is. I don't, I don't. But like, even there's. I think it's like the third episode of Batman the Animated Series that does like uh, a, a Scarecrow episode. Does it do anything with Scarecrow? And it's yeah, and it's more interesting than anything that happens in Batman Begins. I see. I think I think Crane is okay. And see, I'm going to keep saying Crane because what we get is Jonathan Crane. We don't really get Scarecrow until yeah. the end. Yeah, and, and it's Batman's fault really why we get Scarecrow. It's, it's true. But but he, I mean, he's doing the mask thing a little bit early yeah, on too. But, but but he, I mean, I think he he's active in Gotham. Like, he, yeah. he ends up, he's, like, you know, Falcone thinks he's Wait, a boss I, man. That's, Crane's manipulating him. Yeah, but there's, there's like, Crane's storyline and Falcone's storyline, and then there's also the Ra's al Ghul plotline, yeah. and they all tie together, but I they don't, do. 
I don't know that it happens super successfully. And I don't know that we get any of like the fun Scarecrow stuff. No, that's true. I, I, I was a little disappointed that we basically lose Scarecrow by the start of Act 3. Yeah. Like, I, I would have liked to see... And even the, the chaos scene I found yeah. underwhelming on this watch. I remember that yeah. being kind of fun, and on this watch I was like, there's nothing much is happening here. I, I still enjoyed it. Because yeah. I mean, it, it, it's tough, though, because they can't... like They're trying to show Gordon being active in the chaos. They're trying to show... Rachel being active in the chaos, but they really have to spend time with Bruce and with Ra's al Ghul. Right? Yeah. So I, I, think, I think they were in a tough bind there. That's fair. But I, I would have, I think I would have cut the mob stuff out almost entirely and just had... You could have shrunk it. Yeah, or, or yeah, shrunk it quite a bit, focus more on Scarecrow. Yeah. And like, there's a theme happening in the film about fear yes. that I don't know gets... It is a little confused. I had Yeah. Really... Like, Scarecrow obviously is using fear and Batman's goal is also to use fear. Also... I swear to God, there's at least one point where Batman, like, where Bruce Wayne turns to the camera and is like, you know, my parents were killed and that's why I'm Batman. Like, there's a lot of over-explaining in that film of, like, the method to why Batman is Batman. It's like, we don't need any of this. We don't need this explained to us. But he's justifying it to people. He's not justifying it to us. He's justifying it to everyone around him. Because it's a fucked up plan. Sure, but, like, it's written in as if... Like, the audience might need it. Like, I don't know that it's necessary yeah, to have it in the that. film. I don't, I, don't, I, don't think I, I don't think I buy that. I think, it, I think it's characters acting naturally. Which I'm okay with. Hmm. I don't know. I think, it, I think it comes off as, we need to explain this to the audience. And that's why this is in the film. I think I'm just going to disagree. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, but... But, I, but sorry. Scarecrow. Yes. Um... I, I, would have liked I started on a point about Scarecrow. Oh, well, well, he's yeah. underused, right? Like, he's underused, and, and I, yeah. I, I, and I agree. He basically disappeared. But he, but and his I, whole role is as a pawn for Ra's al Ghul. And I think maybe yeah, what they Yeah, but there's too to... many pawns. Yeah, he gets but, lost in the pawn but it, shuffle. But, but that brings me back to, I think they're trying to... I don't know that the movie was made for, like, hardcore comic book fans. No. I think it's made... And, and so if, if, like, if you're somebody like me, you're coming into it without a ton of background. Like, you know yeah. who Batman is, but you, but you haven't, you know, read, like, read all the comics or watched no. the animated series. To, so, to all of a sudden find out, okay, Crane is the pawn, and oh shit, Liam Neeson's back. Yeah, but I, I kind of think that's worse, though, because then you're like, where the fuck is the Scarecrow guy? <laughs> why does he have a mask on? I think we get a clear sense. He's, he's just a bad... Okay, why, why do you want more out of him than you want out of, you know, the Schumacher villains? You don't get more out of the Schumacher villains than you get out of they're Crane. All, but they're all doing their best. Like, so Crane, is Crane. No, he's not. There's totally no, there's is. There's nothing interesting happening with the fear toxin. Do we learn anything new about the characters based on what they see in the fear toxin? <laughs> Whereas, like in in like the one episode of Batman the Animated Series, oh, we get his, to see all of their. We yeah, we see what people fear. That, that would have made it a very different movie, though. Maybe, but like if you're gonna address the topic of fear, and especially because in the animated series episode, Batman sees his dad. Yeah. How would that not have been a better like a, an well, interesting callback? That's to... what he sees when he gets dosed by Crane in Batman Begins. Does he? Yeah. I thought he just saw. Like the scary scarecrow mask. No, no. He's, well, he well, he starts off with that, but then when he when he escapes and and you know he calls Alfred, mm-hmm. and I, which I find very interesting. I think because I do he, think it's funny anytime Alfred has to like pick him. Yeah, up. Yeah, I know it's pretty good. <laughs> you got a little fucked up. Yeah. Um, I spent. I especially like it in. Dark Knight Rises actually when Selina takes off in his car. Yeah. And then Alfred has to pick him up. It's also good at the end of Batman Returns. Oh yeah. Because he's like half <laughs> in the bat suit. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> Uh, anyway, um, but shit, what the hell was my point? Um, he sees his dad. He see, yeah, so he's, yeah, so he, he gets dosed, he sees his dad, he sees that moment when he falls down the well, so which is all kind of intermingled together. I yeah. Think. And then I find it very interesting that he's seeing all this stuff and it's Alfred who he calls. And that's where I think mm. we're still getting that. Okay, I'll, I'll give you that point. Yeah, like I, I, um, I, think, I think that's neat. And I, but I, I do think it's a... 
like we see Bruce's, we don't actually see any of Rachel's. Like we see Rachel freaking out when she sees Bruce, like Batman's mask, and but yeah. we don't actually see anything else, which is a little disappointing. Yeah, like uh, I, I want more interesting fear sequences. Yeah. Like the, I mean, that's a big issue I have with the Nolan films is I just don't think they're all that interesting to look at. Like, mm. the, like the style aspect. Yeah, is yeah, not yeah, there. yeah. It doesn't have the style yeah. that the older films have. That's a good. What have we not yet touched on? Uh, you know we haven't talked. Or sorry, no, I'm just trying. To you're, think, you're the interesting thing. We haven't really uh, talked about Batman Returns at all. We haven't, and, and, we, and we really haven't talked about Catwoman. Period. We haven't talked about Catwoman. Like we we mentioned a couple, but we haven't really gotten into. That's it. true. Because I'd be very curious about your take on Michelle Pfeiffer versus Anne Hathaway. Because yeah. because I, I think the internet disagrees with me <laughs> based on my research in terms of who's the better well, Catwoman. I think like Anne Hathaway. I love Anne Hathaway as an actress. I think she's doing like a good Catwoman. Yeah, and it's I a agree. very traditional Catwoman. Like, it is like you know kind of thief with a heart of gold type. Essentially, yeah. Yeah, type character. Um, yeah. And I think there's nuance. It's, like, yeah, it's a different kind of nuance than Michelle Fight. Yes, there, there's nuance to the character. It's like a good performance. I think it's I think it's fine. Okay. Um, but I think Michelle Pfeiffer's Catwoman is more interesting. It's definitely not Catwoman from the comics in a big way. No, absolutely. But, but, I, but I think it's yeah. Catwoman of the 90s. Yes, yeah, I, I guess, that's I true. Think, I was reading some stuff because that was the one I was like, uh, I, I wanted to like look up some like you know feminist critiques of Catwoman because yeah. that's a little bit outside of my usual scope mm-hmm. and and a lot of them are saying that yeah like it, it's she's meant to represent like kind of what women were going through in the nineties and in in, in yeah. various ways and I was yeah. like okay I can dig that and I, and I think I think they pulled that off yeah yeah and I think it's I mean obviously there's the the stuff with her boss who's yes. terrible oh yeah um, oh and yeah. <laughs> That's a whole other kind of fish. Christopher Walken in that film. Um, Which I didn't realize until I was doing research. That was it was originally supposed they were going to have Harvey Dent in it. Oh, that would and then and then they and then they wrote him out. They were going to have Robin in the movie too. Yeah, I knew I knew that one. And then they brought in Shrek instead. Interesting. Yeah. Or Shrek. Shrek. Yeah. It's it's Shrek. I know it's Shrek because it was before. (laughs) Yeah, like actual DreamWorks Shrek. Shrek. but yeah, I mean, I I think it's a I think it's a very interesting portrayal, and I think it's an interesting female character. Like, how yeah. often do you get to see female characters just lose their shit like yeah. that? Like, and she's she's portrayed sympathetically. Like, there's mm-hmm. there's some kind of problematic elements in that. Like, you know, she becomes you know sexually liberated and also crazy and also yeah. a villain kind of. Like, there's there's some problematic things wrapped up into that. Just I think. A bit. But in terms of like, but the film portrays her sympathetically. I think, I think so. like. You know, she she survives at the end. She gets away, yeah. um, even though she murders Shrek <laughs> yeah, exactly. real bad. And, and Bruce just like he knows she's out there, but it's just kind of like okay. And then he yeah. goes, gets back in the car. Yeah, he gets the like, cat. <laughs> but yeah, like like the that whole scene where she like destroys her apartment is fascinating. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 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 Because I think I think what's really cool about that Catwoman is, is the thing I keep I keep seeing a lot of um, female writers, a lot of female mm-hmm. critiquers bring up these days is. Like we like they don't like, she's not necessarily the strong female no. character. Like she is like, she has a ton of issues. Yeah, uh, which which is nice. It's nice to see like that like an yeah. incredibly well rounded character. Yeah, yeah, and and like feral in a oh, way. Yeah. Like you know, it's it's almost in a. I, I was listening to. Um, a podcast, um, um, the Cryptid Keeper, which is where they talk about cryptids, and they were talking about um, were cats. Oh yeah, okay. Um, anyway, and and one of them brought up Catwoman as like a sort of a representation of like the feline and the feminine. Yeah, okay. Um, <clears throat> that was when I felt a little bit like Batman was haunting me because it was coming up in everything. <laughs> but that's a the separate issue. <laughs> um, but yeah, like the the cat, like the that um, it, it's sort of a question of like 
women and monstrosity in a way, mm, which is a, a topic that is of particular interest to me. I'm like, yes, monsters, women. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can do that. Okay, yeah. so we're agreed that the uh, yeah. Michelle Pfeiffer is Yes, it's, it's really yeah. interesting. And I think the film itself is really interesting in how it's dealing with, like, Batman Returns and yeah. how it deals with villains. Like, mm. Penguin is also kind of a sympathetic character in some ways. He is, but I, I will admit that I found... I found him confusing. It is plot oh, yeah. confusing. I couldn't figure out. Oh, Oh, one hundred percent. Like, does he actually want to get accepted by the city? Has he been plotting against them the whole time? Was it just a backup yeah. plan in case he got shafted? I, oh, look, he got shafted. So he like. Yeah. I, I couldn't figure it out by the end. I I think my reading is that he did genuinely want to be accepted. Yeah. And I think I, I mean I think that might be the closest that any of the films have gotten to genuinely grappling with the question of Batman as you know, Bruce Wayne is a is a white heterosexual man with <laughs> like incredibly wealthy, yeah. um, and many of his villains are not. <laughs> yeah, um, no and I think that like the the portrayal of Penguin as someone who was born into privilege, but then literally, yeah. literally gets tossed tossed off a bridge in yeah. what is maybe the wildest opening sequence any movie has ever had. Yeah, I like. <laughs> it's like two minutes where <laughs> yeah, like what the, hell the is going Mrs. Cobblepot. He, he's in a cage. He's right? in a cage. And what did she give birth to? We never see. I know, but something was wrong with that baby. Yeah, like why do you put and they have, like you put your baby in a cage. For for how long before yeah, you finally that's, like that's the question of like how much river. time passes between her giving birth and him in the cage eating the cat yeah like like that's messed up is that is that a newborn in there is that a two year old like I mean, what are it, we talking it's about here cat. It's yeah like, I, I what's happening and then yeah and then they like take him to the bridge and throw him off of it yeah and and then, and then, and then you know, that's yeah. it. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it's like, like it's like the two, and the first two minutes of the movie. Yeah. Him. And it's just like, what, what movie am I watching? What's yeah. happening? It's while well, you're watching a Tim Burton movie. Yes. Like. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but like, but the way he dies, like where he, yeah. he dies and the penguins like take his body out back into the water yeah. is like poignant, but also bizarre. So bizarre. Like how sentient are these penguins? Yeah. And like, penguins aren't actually that smart no they're they're definitely not they're definitely not and like how like as the audience what was what was the intended feeling like when tim burton was making this shot yeah exactly what was he intending to convey like am i supposed to be sad am i yeah like are are you meant to sympathize with penguin at that point because he literally just kidnapped all the first like yeah he he tried to kill all the children yeah Yeah. (laughs) how, how sympathetic are you at that point yeah and and the fact that like he is born disfigured at yeah. at best is like it, it does sort of throw a weird wrench into the like yeah the question of nature versus nurture I guess of yeah <laughs> like, that's a very good point I tried to find it and, and I'm sure if I had more time to look to look hard I would have found it but like art, like articles dissecting penguin from like oh. through a disability lens it's gotta be there. oh I'm sure I'm, I just I, I, yeah if, if everyone has that like let me know because yes, I want to yeah, read it yeah, yeah. because there, there's a whole dimension that could be yeah. discussed there like, yeah, that's an odd fucking movie. It's a really weird movie. That was another one where I expect like I remember enjoying it as a kid, but then now watching it like watching it now as an adult, I was like, "What the fuck is this?" <laughs> yeah. Um, compared to Batman '89, which I think holds holds up better, I think. Yeah. I think. I yeah I don't know I I rated Batman Returns higher just oh, because I think did, it's yeah. I think it's a more interesting film. That is definitely more um, interesting. That's true, but. Yeah, it's um, it's it it has both more 
pros and more cons, I <laughs> yeah, think. I know, right? It's a good discussion piece. I mean, yeah, it's, it's yeah. Um, and I do, I do really ultimately love the, um, the, the Joker, like the scene at the museum in Batman 1989. That's oh, the best oh, scene yes. in the film. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's a lot of, like, Joker has a lot of musical numbers yes. in that film. I mean, Prince is listed, like, right at the beginning as, yeah. like, soundtrack by Prince, and they're like, okay, okay this yeah. This is going to be a different sort of movie. Yeah, like, okay, I'm on board. Like, yeah. But that scene's great. That's, I think, it the is. closest he gets to Joker yeah, absolutely. in the film. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, I think the I think Mark Hamill is the best Joker. Oh, yeah, 100%. So, like, that That's not... Saying. I mean, yeah, and this is going to be a weird-sounding critique that... Go on. I think all of the, the live-action Jokers are a little bit too heterosexual. <laughs> Go on. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just... I, I was reflecting on the fact that the most interesting Jokers, I think, are Joker in the animated series, yeah. um, Joker in um, Lego Batman, and Joker in the Telltale Batman series. Right, okay. Um, wh- who are all, like, to some degree or another, obsessed with Batman. Yes. Um, and I think in all of them, there can be read at least... To some degree of subtext that varies wildly depending on what oh, film you're watching. Oh, interesting. Um, I see where you're going with this. Yeah, that I and I mean, obviously, we can talk about sort of problematic queer, like yeah. queer coding of villains. Yeah. Um, but I, I think there's something compelling about like the homoerotic hero villain tension That's that is there. I never actually took it. And I and I don't At get least that in a from live action film. yeah, I don't get that yeah. from either live action film. I don't know. That, I mean, admittedly, the, the examples that. Like, those examples I'm not super familiar with. I haven't seen the animated series in a while. I haven't played the Telltale game. What was yeah. the third one that you said? Uh, Lego Batman. Oh, yeah, it's definitely there oh, in Lego yeah. Batman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's definitely there in Lego Batman. Like, like yeah. to the point that I thought I was... I don't know what... Like, when I was sitting <laughs> in the like, theater watching that... Yeah, yeah, I was, like, barely believing my eyes. But, yeah. That's a really good point. Whether you read it as queer or not, I mean, Batman and Joker are supposed to have this weird, twisted connection yes, yes absolutely and yes. like as good as Heath Ledger's Joker is we only get that right at the end yes, yes. yes. when he says I think we're we're doomed to do this forever yes and I yes. think that's because they intended to bring him back for the third yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. but like because <laughs> it's don't, funny that, that he drops off after that yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> but like wait a minute you don't get that that idea of oh they're connected forever yeah and and like Joker figuring it out in that movie is kind of cool that, yeah and, oh you won't kill me and I won't kill you because mm-hmm. you're too much fun so we're gonna do this forever like, yeah that's the weird relationship yeah. they have yeah and that's yeah. that's why I think it's fascinating that's why I had no interest in watching the standalone Joker film is because mm-hmm. but mm, yeah yeah well I mean multiple reasons well but, <laughs> but that's that's inherently what's interesting to me about Joker as a yeah. character is within that dynamic. Yeah, I mean, and also, on the subject of queer coding villains, yeah, yeah, we got, I think I have to mention Nigma, which is yeah. blatantly queer coded. Which yeah. I I would love to do. He has so many costumes. I would love to do or read a deep dive because Joel Schumacher is a gay man. I would know that. Yeah, and which is why some of the critiques of like Batman right. and Robin as like oh it's gay yeah. bother me a little bit because it's like. You know, Joel Schumacher is a gay man and was coming at those films with, like, a queer, campy That's viewpoint. Um, which is one of the things that I like. Like, I like that element of camp. Yeah, yeah. Within the, <laughs> within the film. Yeah. Um, and, like I said, especially in Batman Forever, I think Batman and Robin goes a little bit too far over the line. But I like it in Batman Forever. Um, that... Yeah, and, and so I think there's an interesting... There would be an interesting deep dive to do into that of yeah. Joel Schumacher as a gay man writing blatantly queer-coded Edward Nigma. Yeah. yeah. Because I don't think there's point. any other way to read that character in that film. 
No, I can see that. I'm, I'm playing, all I'm seeing in my head right now is all the images of his various... Costumes? Yeah. <laughs> but, like, he's he's obsessed with Bruce Wayne in, like, a in like a distinctly, like, man crush kind of way. Yeah, and then gets rejected. And then gets rejected, and, and then turns yeah. to Two-Face. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, it's basically, like, you know, you could almost, like, if it was if it was done a little bit differently, it'd almost be like, okay, fine, you rejected me, I've got a new boy toy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. I can dig that. Yeah. And anyway, I'd love. I think it'd be interesting to do a deep dive into that because, um, like I said, I, I don't want to glorify queer coded villains because it, no, it, it is a problematic. It is a problematic yeah, no, trope. No, no, um, but, but there I, is an analysis there. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I do also love my gay evil son. Ah, <laughs> 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 uh, no, I like that. I, I hadn't quite thought of it uh, yeah. that way. Oh no, I think like that to me is one of the like like absolute examples of like like, queer-coding villains in media, like, yeah, mainstream yeah. media. Like, it's the it's the Disney villains, and it's the Riddler, yeah, well, Batman yeah, Forever. Totally, absolutely. And yet, you, and, and yet, despite how problematic that is as a concept, you still rank Batman Forever as your favorite yeah, as the best one. Yeah, because I love my evil gay son. <laughs> I am not what the, the misunderstanding is here. And like I said, I think, it is, I think it is complicated by the fact that Joel Schumacher is a gay man. It, yeah, no, that's and right. I, think, I will give it a little more yeah. credence then. Yeah. And it's, I mean, it was 1995, and it was a children's movie, essentially. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, yeah they got away with a lot. Yeah. I mean, like, like. Yeah. It, I mean, nothing gets behind them, nothing so. gets away with as much as Batman Return gets away with. No, that's true. But I mean, like, <laughs> that's in a completely different direction. <laughs> but then, I mean, then at the same time, Tim Burton was supposed to keep doing them, and it's then, true, and then was just like. They were like the maybe narrowest you shouldn't. of producers for Batman Forever. Yeah, he was like he's still in the credits. But yeah, I'm sure he had no hand. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure they were like we can't do this. <laughs> yeah, like, we can't do this again. <laughs> yeah, no, um, you, you've you've taken too much of our yeah. soul. <laughs> Although speaking of that, there was one one question I wanted to raise, which is, does Batman Returns have the only good romantic relationship in the Batman films? Batman Forever doesn't. No, I will give you that. Yeah, no. Okay. It has it has again poisonous acid snake bath. <laughs> That's all it has. And like Vicky Vale is yeah, fine. Yes, yeah. uh, yeah, I mean that's the first person I thought of was Vicky Vale. Yeah. Because I think I think she's a she's still problematic, but I think she's definitely problematic in the second half of the film. But at least in the first half of yeah. the film, she's better than most. Yes, yeah, she has more agency than yeah. which is wild that it came out in. I know, right? But, but then she's but then I still like she she's does getting, get damseled, yeah, and she she's getting dragged up the stairs yeah. to that cathedral and does fuck all. Yeah. I'm like. <laughs> Come on, girl. Just push him. Yeah. <laughs> what are you doing? Yeah. You know, gets Knox to go and swing the bat. Or, or I guess he yeah. does it on his own if she stays in the car. Yeah. But... Yeah, that's, that's yeah, the, yeah, the so part it, that Knox yeah. get Knox should probably have been cut from that film. That would probably have yeah, made her character a lot stronger yeah, if they have. just cut him, give her all of his stuff. Yeah, that, that, would, that would have made a lot more sense, I think, actually. But, yeah. um, I hesitate to suggest this, but what about Dark Knight Rises? I don't buy that at all. What, and maybe this is... Anne Hathaway or Italian? Yeah. That's, yeah, I was thinking that happened. I don't buy that at all, though. Like, really? I don't, I don't, is it just don't buy you don't their like relationship. It's possibly just because I don't like Christian Bale. <laughs> but also just, I don't think their relationship gets a lot of time to develop. And I especially don't buy the ending where they run off together. No, I, I don't buy the... Well, I would buy them, like, leaving together, and, and that's it. We don't actually know what develop, like, yeah. actually works out. I don't buy, you know, however many months later, Alfred sees them across. Like, that yeah. I don't buy. Yeah. Because, so, like... 
the Catwoman that we see in that film, I think, is tough to tie down. Yes, yeah. Which, I, I mean, as, that's why as, I like her as Selena Kyle always is. Like, yeah. I don't, I don't see any version of that relationship where they like get married and no, settle God's down. No, no, I can't. Like, that's not. No, and I, and I think yeah. So that's why I don't think it's as good as Batman Returns because. Yeah. Because I, I I think I do like the fact that Anne Hathaway Selena is like, like she's confident, but she's also a little bit guarded. You can like the soft spots that she yeah. has make sense. Yeah. And, you know, you can see why she's you know a little more intrigued by Bruce and, and, yeah. and you know and, and, and she's not like sure I'll help you. And she's like fuck off. Like, yeah. But I but it's definitely not as good as Michelle Pfeiffer. <laughs> yeah, it's like I think I've just had a realization too, which is that I like that like Bruce and Selena in. Batman Returns are like both kind of fucked up and oh, yeah. they recognize that in each other and yeah. bond because of that. Yeah. Which yeah. I mean I think that goes back to my comment about Joker earlier because <laughs> I think that there's a very clear through line to that. <laughs> yes, but, absolutely. Um but yeah, but I, I love that scene where they realize who each other is at the party. That yeah. scene is awesome. Yeah. And also they're playing like an instrumental version of Super Freak during that scene, which is also excellent. Yeah. No, I think you're right. I, I think that's that's at least the best one. That we yes. Have. I don't think it's not the only one. Fair enough. Because I, I think they pull it. I think they pulled it off with Dark Knight Rises just with those two. Yeah. Talia's. Oh yeah, that's a whole other like, question. <laughs> I do think it's funny some of the like hashtag feminism moments for uh, Batgirl in. In Batman and Robin, I know we're not talking about Batman and Robin. Anymore, I mean, we, but we have we we managed to avoid it for a while yeah, now. So, but I do think it's funny. All were the there scenes. a bunch of those? The one that stands out in my mind is like where at at like the end where they're like at the observatory and um, I forget exactly what happens, but she is, is it like at the very end. Yeah, at the very end, and she and Robin are doing something, and he's like, "Oh, I got you," and she's like, "No, I got you." And I just have in my notes like hashtag feminism. <laughs> Oh, there's so many bad lines in it. There's a lot of there's a lot of bad lines. I still don't understand how that's not the worst movie on your list. I really don't. Because <laughs> you like Batman Begins, and I think it's boring. No, but I, okay, but you, you can say that Batman Begins is boring and have it be number six. But that to me is the the the, the you just worst. don't want to be bored. <laughs> yeah, that's the worst sin of a Batman movie is to be boring. And I I sort of ranked and in terms of how I was yeah. ranking them too, I was I was trying to rank them like have a mix of things in terms of like would I rather see this film or this film but also some mm. some allowances for like objective quality like like that's why The Dark Knight Rises is above Batman and Robin like I think I would rather watch Batman and Robin right but I think that I cannot in good conscience put it above The Dark Knight Rises <laughs> okay well at least there's that <laughs> so that oh was sort of God. how I ranked how I figured out that ranking Jesus Christ almighty <laughs> Oh yeah, I'm just I I just again this is in line with the fact that I love that Batman Forever is high camp. Yeah, um, is the the holy rusted metal line. Oh my god, it's a god. great line. I cringe. It's I so good. Just can attest. I visibly it's, cringe. It's great. <laughs> no, all right, fine. As an homage, it's a very good callback, yes. and it's a really good line. Like, cause it's he's like holy rusted metal, Batman, and Batman's like, what the fuck are you saying? What are you talking about? He's like, it's there's holes in the metal. <laughs> You know, so uh, in terms of like random stuff in a Batman movie, both the Dark Knight and the Dark Knight Rises. I don't know why I keep bringing back to these two films, but but both the Dark Knight and the Dark Knight Rises, the opening scene and whatever cameo they throw in there, like I, like for Dark Knight, it's William William Fincher, who's the okay. he's like the he's the the bank teller. The, okay, right? yeah, like you've got twenty minutes of this bank robbery. It doesn't need to be there. Yeah, it is I, a good scene. I think that I don't think you need it. I think that if you have the Joker introduced uh, when he goes and meets the mobster, oh, that's a yeah. way better scene. That's I think fair. If that's the first moment we see the Joker. That's fair. I think it's a it's a tighter yeah. film. That's that's fair. I do like I do like the scene, but yeah, it drags on and it's it is unnecessary yeah, overall. Yeah. yeah. 
Because you can establish the you know the bank robbery thing without that scene. Yeah. I think. Yeah. No, no, yeah. you definitely can. And then the Dark Knight Rises, it, it's Littlefinger. Yeah. <laughs> I, just, I literally wrote in my notes. I kid you not. Who did you have to blow to get this cameo, Littlefinger? Yeah. Why are you there? <laughs> you have, I, you were doing other things. Yeah. That also. Does, and I mean, we haven't gotten into like the weird class metaphors not even metaphors but just weird it's class. not even metaphors it, no there's it's, no thought given to it no it's there's no metaphor it's it it's like a very weird veneer of like yeah, yeah. class criticism yeah. class analysis i, I don't know what the word i want here is but i find it really odd and, and maybe there was a bunch of criticism out there that like at the time but the dark knight rises has a ton of problematic stuff in it through a variety of lenses that I, I don't know if oh, it was ever yeah. critiqued. Like, well, the, yeah. there's a ton of overt sexism right at the beginning. Yeah. Every, like, you know, when you find out that Bruce has shut himself in, everybody's just disdaining the fact that he's a cripple now. And yeah. Air quotes for those of you that can't <laughs> yeah. see me. Um, so there's, you can hold disdain for something with yeah. physical disability. There are no female cops yeah. anywhere in the film in this in these massive action sequences. Well, like, you, the there's, there's a, well, there's a female cop in the The Dark Knight, um, the, Ramirez. Ramirez, who yeah, is who is corrupt. Who is corrupt? Yeah, exactly. like, <laughs> I was I, like, really? Like the Latina woman yeah. cop is the one who like fucks everything up for Pretty Harvey much. and Rachel? That's yeah. not great. No. I mean, and like I, I touched on this a bit earlier with like my disdain for the huge Americanisms in Gotham, yeah. but like. It's just yeah. weird. It's bizarre. Like, and like how do you get away like because Nolan Nolan I'm gonna say I think he gets away with it because oh, yeah. you should be eviscerated for that sort of shit. Yeah. Like, maybe it's just because it was however many years ago, I don't know. But, yeah, I mean I remember people being disappointed by the Dark Knight Rises, but, but I don't I think remember they were from, for, like, like the plot. Like, plot yeah. yeah. It was it wasn't because of the yeah, the sort of yeah. underlying Yeah. It's not very subtle, but the underlying it's, it's really stuff. Not. Um and I mean even in the Dark Knight, right, you've got like some very those movies have a very I mean all of the Batman movies have a bit of an odd relationship with like the police and the carceral yeah. system yes. um, and like not yeah. to be a huge downer of no, but, but dragging political but stuff into really this does. but yeah and I think the Nolan films have the most uneasy really or not even uneasy like they're the most cuddly with mm-hmm. sort of ideas of I mean I, I I know I've seen some analysis around. Um, you know, Batman's sonar device, like the one yeah. that he uses at the end of the film, yeah. with, um, like, the Patriot Act. Oh, shit. And the, the distinctions between, like, you know, if you have someone who's... Like, like to what extent do you do you sacrifice personal freedoms yeah. for, you know, the, the yeah. good of the people? Yeah, and the only objection you get is, is Lucius. Yeah. Who then is okay with the fact that we're, like... We used it once, so we're good. So you can justify it the once. Yeah. You know, what do you justify the next time? Yeah. And they never explore they, that. Yeah, they never go further with yeah. that. I would love to know what what Christopher Nolan's, like, like his political leanings, I would, like, that, like, yeah. I would love to know more about him. And it's just, I've never researched him as Yeah, a I don't know either. I'm very, very curious. But, yeah, and it's, it's, it's very odd, and it's very uneasy in some ways. Like, yeah. I'm uneasy watching it at times. Yeah. Um, especially in the, like, the third movie, Dark Knight Rises, is the most, like, yeah. And they bring up, like, Bane brings up some legitimately good points about mm-hmm. what life in Gotham is like. And oh, they, yeah. they kind of deal with it, but they kind of paper over it a lot of yeah. a lot of parts. They don't really, I don't think they substantially deal with the inequality. I mean, this was no. the point that Evan made earlier about, like, is Gotham saved? And they kind of, they kind of, <laughs> they kind of decide at the end that, like, yes, it is, but I don't think they earn oh, that. Yeah. 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 No, they really don't. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so what what year did Dark Knight Rises come out again? I can't remember. Uh, 2011, 2000... Because that's surely before Occupy Wall Street, right? Yeah. Oh, it was after. It's got to be after. Was it after yeah, Occupy yeah, Wall Street? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, I'm, I'm mixing up protests in my head. You are. 
Sorry, is that the really just wow. Wow. I'm sorry. I already admitted wow. to it, Aaron. Jesus. Damn. <laughs> my, my 2012. Okay. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, so I I was... But, wait, so I was right. Did I say 2012 or did I say 2010? I, I don't know what you said, but it's said definitely after Occupy Wall Street. Yeah, Occupy Wall Street Oh, oh, oh yeah, Dark Knight Rises um, is 2012. Sorry, I thought you said Occupy Wall Street is 2012. No. But <laughs> I, I was... I was I had a friend over over the weekend and um, I mentioned the the Batman duel to her because yeah. this has been consuming my life. You should tell everybody. Um, <laughs> yes, I will, and I have been. Um, but she mentioned off the off the top of her head that um, she likes to put on Dark Knight Rises while she studies. Um, and because I've just been in Batman trash talk mode for so long, oh, I was no. like, I was like, what is that? Because it's bad. Did you ruin it for <laughs> No, I didn't. That was as far as I went, because she was kind of like, huh? And I was like, I'm sorry. Wow. Oh, my God. Wow. <laughs> Just, I'm sorry. Guys, did you, did you have an idea of which, which film I might put as my number one? I honestly would have put money on you putting The Dark Knight. And okay. I, I mean this in the nicest of ways. Uh-oh. That's like saying I don't mean to be racist. But, <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> but go ahead. Well... And and you're you're a little bit older than I am. Um, yeah, I think. I mean, yes. Brandon yeah. never gets that. <laughs> I know. It's happened. Wow. It's finally happened <laughs> in the I... season opener. <laughs> Fuck you, Evan. I think I was. I think I was fourteen when The Dark Knight came out. I was like beginning high school at least. Um, Suck it, Evan. I know Evan's better. making a bad face. Yeah, because there's about um, six years between us. I think, right? Give or take. Yeah, five, five or six. Five or six, something like that. Okay. Yeah. Because you haven't broken the big three oh yet. I just did. Oh, you just did. Okay. So, yeah. Six, six, yeah, okay. five or six years. Sure. Anyway, yeah, not matter. important. Um, but... <laughs> and, Sorry. <laughs> Dark Knight came out, like, right as I was entering high school. And I yeah, remember okay. it blew up in terms of, like... like Oh, yeah. In ter- like, in terms of just generally the culture, but, like, especially within, like, my friend group. I was friends with a lot of nerdy boys. Yeah. Um, who were just blown away by the dark knight yeah and i remember um, being blown away when i when yeah I saw it, like so. like because it's it's very different than yeah, you know it's i mean it's it's sort of the not your father's batman movie which yeah. batman has been trying to do for Ever. 20 years but <laughs> yeah. that's that's a whole other topic um but yeah and i so i think i'm a little bit like like i was like oh this is fine i guess um and but but that was sort of i was i was used to you know nerdy guys so within my so generation just, oh. so what you're just saying is that you, that you lumped me in with all the other fuckers out there a little bit saying. a little right, bit <laughs> but just like like i said because uh, because of that like generational like yeah. wow factor no, that, i feel that it yeah. had for a lot of people totally um bad. that that's sort of what yeah. what influenced my thoughts a little yeah. bit and i was sort of and i think we had this conversation in brief that like i thought it would be more interesting if you picked a nolan film because which I did, which, yeah, which you did, which is good. Yeah. No, I mean, no, it worked out well. Yeah, because yeah. yeah, my life, if all of a, all of a sudden I said no, Batman Returns is the best one, then yeah. it's a very different conversation. Yeah, we'd just be like, yeah, it's, it's good, it's, yeah. Great. it's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I agree. The yeah. Batman Returns is a great movie. Yeah, yeah. Okay, we got two more um, hours to fill. With it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think we've I think we've touched on most of the the big things. I think so. Yeah, yeah. I have I have a question. Yeah, because you for you. you. Yes, yeah, is this I've... is this the thing you alluded to? Before yeah, we started recording. Yeah, which is um. Just if, you know, if, let's say two years ago before they started actually planning for the film that is now The Batman, yeah. if Warner Brothers had hired you to make the next Batman film, what film would you make? Oh. And, like, it, it has to be a Batman film. You can have some fluidity within that, but it has to be a Batman film. 
I have an answer for that. Why don't you fix it? Yeah. Okay. Oh, that's a really. Do you good need question. a minute? I might need a minute. Okay. Because okay, I know exactly what movie. What film would you make, Evan? I would do an adaptation of Grant Morrison's Batman R.I.P. Which, since you guys haven't read comics, yeah, yeah. that's the thing. I see. I, I my first thought was like, I can't make that claim because I don't know the comics. But like, my favorite version of Batman ever is when Grant Morrison was writing the comics, um, and he didn't he didn't go in like quite the like the campy way. Mm-hmm. But I mean, he went big idea with Batman. Yeah, and and like basically the idea was, and I kind of alluded to this a little bit in that ridiculous intro that I did, um, that Batman is like. The counter, the counterpoint to the idea of crime. Yeah, and and he, Batman talks about that explicitly. Like at one point, he sets up this thing called Batman Incorporated, which is Bruce Wayne publicly bankrolling mm. Batman's operations, and he's going to go worldwide, mm. and he's sponsoring different Batman. Oh, that's a cool idea. <laughs> yeah, um, like but basically, Batman is the antithesis to the idea of crime. Yeah. Uh, so he's the guy who always has a plan. He's the guy who is always there in time. And so Grant Morrison is really looking at him as really a mythic figure. Yeah. And Interesting. Yeah, yeah. And Batman R.I.P. is about uh, Batman against this uh, psychiatrist who thinks he has all the keys to kind of take Batman apart mm-hmm. and destroy him as a person. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean, if you haven't read the Batman R.I.P. Uh, comic, you should read that. Oh, it's pretty good. Good, good, good. Uh... Recommendation. I like that. Yeah. See, my, my, my knee-jerk response feels like an easy answer. Oh. That's okay. Which is Batman Beyond. That I was wondering mm-hmm. if you would pick that, because I think that would be an interesting yeah. adaptation. But I but I would want to see it. I wouldn't, because it, it, like everything is an adaptation of something, right? Mm-hmm. That's why so I was racking my brain and trying to like, what, what could you do that's not just an adaptation of a comic? And there's probably nothing you can do, because Batman's been around for like 100 years. Yeah. But um, I, would, I would like to see Batman Beyond... But not just like, you know, let's take the source material Batman Beyond and do it in a live action. I would, yeah. want, I would want to do some sort of some sort of well well thought out commentary on like what Batman used to be. I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah. I'd want I'd want it to be thoughtful, but I but honestly I would want like, I want comic booky aesthetic. I, yeah. would, I would want almost yeah. a Batman Forever aesthetic, but a smarter plot. <laughs> you know <laughs> as Batman Beyond. You know I think it would what be would, excellent. Or what I would write. You yeah. know it would be uh, if they ever do do a Batman Beyond movie. I don't know why they haven't. I'm sure I don't they know why they haven't either. Point. But you know it would be excellent casting. Yeah, Michael Keaton as yes. older Batman. Yes. Wouldn't that be excellent? That would be amazing. <laughs> I, I would hundred percent. Yes. That. Yeah. yeah. I would almost do like almost like a hybrid of like a Tim Burton aesthetic plus a Schumacher aesthetic. Yeah. Because I, I do like I do think the aesthetic the comic book aesthetic yeah. is is something good. That yes. We need to bring back. Yes, I agree. Like yeah. Would you ever want, like, like, I think we all have, like, dream, like, you know, if I'm ever successful enough to get asked to write for a certain property, mm-hmm. like, is Batman one of those for you? I don't think so. Um, I don't know. Like, I feel like I don't know enough about the comics to yeah. write for Batman. Um, I mean, as I, I came up with this question, as I thought it would be a fun question, as, like, a topper. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so I've been thinking of my own thoughts. So, yeah, which one would um, <clears throat> I mean, I, I wouldn't necessarily adapt a comic. Um, I think yeah. it'd be, like... The thing I would I most want to see in a Batman film, and I don't necessarily think this would ever get made necessarily, mm. but one that does like head-on tackle some of the questions of um, privilege and you know mental illness as right, something yeah, yeah. that's not just inherently bad, <laughs> yeah, no <laughs> um, kidding, right? and like evil. Yeah. Um, 
and and that actually grapples with Bruce Wayne as you know a, a rich privileged man, mm-hmm. um, and and what that brings like a, a more compassionate Batman, I guess. Yeah, like, I, like I think some of the best episodes of the animated series are ones that tackle that. Yeah, um, and if you want to get into the specifics, yes, please. Um, <laughs> I'd love to see a team up. Um, like one of my favorite tropes is a hero villain team up. Yes. So I'd love to see Batman paired up with one of the villains. Oh, um, yeah. I think the obvious choice is Harley Quinn because they've done that a couple times. Yeah. Um, but maybe it has already been played out. Um, but have them have to like work together for some purpose. What about Batman and Riddler? That would be very funny. <laughs> <laughs> like hurting cats, I feel yeah, like. Basically, yeah. <laughs> I, I can just see him getting so frustrated. Yeah. <laughs> But, like, I'd love to see that where, like, for whatever reason, they have to team up to defeat the bigger bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and that maybe the bigger bad is somebody who has a very different outlook on crime and mm-hmm. is more in, the like, the carceral version of crime. Yeah. And Batman is more like, no, we need to help these people. Yeah, we need to rehabilitate them. Yeah. That would be a really neat take. Yeah. That's, I don't know that that would ever that, get would made, never get but done. that would be what I would, it would do with it. would never, ever get done. Yeah. Which is sad. Yeah. That would be really cool. Yeah. All right, before, before it gets too late, how did we do? All right. I mean, I've been, I've, <laughs> I'm not kicking anybody out. I just died. No, but I mean, the yeah. Time we, are, we are it's coming almost, up. It's almost 9 o'clock. Yeah, right? yes, we're coming we up. Gotta, yeah. Two hours and 40 minutes of Batman. We've got to record an outro and stuff. Yeah. I have been thinking about this. Have you actually? Yes, I have been thinking about this. And I mean, generally speaking, I am less of a fan of the high camp version of Batman than um, a more kind of grounded version of Batman. So you would think, and I mean, like <laughs> I if, I, like was I, gonna, if I was going to rank them, <laughs> I'm just going to pack up my shit. If, if I was going to rank them, <laughs> Batman Begins would be somewhere near the top. Oh, okay. It would. All right. Okay. But if I'm only declaring a winner of this discussion, yes, yeah, so I see where this is going. See, I, as soon as you put Dark Knight Rises oh, above fuck. Dark Knight, really, really, you're gonna. Th- I, I just, okay. I trust nothing hold on, else. Hold on, hold on. No, 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 no. You've been talking for two hours. The arbiter is speaking. I trust nothing that you say about films at all, ever again. <laughs> as soon as you've done that, essentially, it's over. Oh. <laughs> and so I am forced <laughs> to go with your opponent. I do. I do think we hit like a good, a good compromise in that like we just want yeah. different yeah, things out I, of I our Batman films. Yeah, I think ultimately, clearly, you want different things for Batman movies, and that's defensible. Yeah, putting Dark Knight Rises above Dark Knight, not not defensible. <laughs> I, I did. I did admit putting Dark Knight Rises above any of the movies is really not really. Really, it's <laughs> not even above Batman and Robin. Have no. you seen Batman and Robin? Yeah, I have seen okay. Batman and Robin. <laughs> Why is Batman Forever the only one? Defend yourself, sir. Batman and Robin, at least as I recall it, because I saw it far back in the midst of time, I think it at least knows what it's trying to do and just does it. Yes. It's trying point. to be a kind uh, of can- a high campy, silly take on Batman. Right. Yes. Okay. And it at least knows what it's trying to do and it does it. They had no idea what they were doing with Dark Knight Rises. <laughs> well, and I was and, or if they did, they didn't do it. Because I have, like, there have been few movies that I've been more disappointed in. Than Dark Knight Rises because like I like I love Batman Begins. Okay. I liked it a lot. Um, I like Dark Knight. Um, I, I Batman Begins is better, but I like Dark Knight. And so when Dark Knight Rises was coming out, I was I was excited. Okay, it's just bad, man. I agree. It, it's I, just I, super I, I, bad. I, I agree, and, and that's I like I said I, I waffled back and forth because yeah. I was trying to decide if, if the stuff that I think Dark Knight does really well if it makes up for the stuff I think it did really badly. I I, I don't know. I, I mean, well, 
All right, fine. Yeah. <laughs> and I think, sorry. Enjoy your victory. I remember reading that um, Christopher Nolan didn't really want to make a third movie, which is a bit wild. I thought it was always supposed to. Be. I remember. Yeah. I remember reading. Yeah, that he was surprised that they wanted him to. Yeah, and that, it's like, but that he thought Dark Knight was that he was done. Yeah, and then when they came to tell him <laughs> what they wanted a third, I remember. And I remember reading an interview with where he was like, "I was surprised that they wanted a third one," which is wild that to is me. So bizarre. I mean, it's wild that he if he was genuinely surprised it was wild yeah like I mean Dark Knight made a ridiculous amount of money yeah of course yeah and also trilogies it does explain if that's true it does explain why Dark Knight Rises is the way it is yes yes, oh if he just had to make if he was just like he never planned to do it maybe didn't want to do it and they were like but here this dump truck of money yeah and also and and, okay well okay that explains why that movie and smashes together you know Nightfall and Dark Knight Returns right the more the more we've talked about it, the more I'm thinking that I should have flipped them. Oh, you should have flipped them. <laughs> <laughs> no, there I was need, your I, folly. <laughs> yeah, apparently. Yeah, I need to discuss it. I need to discover it for myself. <laughs> well, I mean, is discovery is good. No, it's All right. it has cost you is victory it's in the Batman duel. It's, <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. But it's totally why do we fall? <laughs> ah, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think part of it is... This is no sunshine.